Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> 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 you're tuning in the podcast, see? <laughs> By the way, Dodger, you're absolutely right. I finally caught up on the stream. Our intro is the best intro on the internet. It's pretty good, Isn't right? It? Like, just hands yeah. down, hands down the best intro. Let's be Oh, yeah. That's I hadn't seen phenomenal. the new intro. I liked it. You hadn't seen that? I right, hadn't. Right. I mean, you I don't watch you our show? You're awful. <laughs> what the hell? I mean, huh? I've heard it. I have it Humorous. on my iPod shuffle. I, I've watched it so one. much that it. I, I forgot. I ripped it off of YouTube and then made it into an MP3 and put it on my Zune. You, you, I made my own anime music video with it <laughs> using Linkin Park's In the End. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, with those songs layered? Look, if somebody out there can actually layer In the End oh, with our theme song the and have songs? it work. That would be tricky. That's not even the same key signature. <laughs> I know, it would be so good. I mean, oh. they could, but it doesn't even so matter. Good. Indeed. It is important, however, that uh, before we start the show... Uh, I, I've been to quite a few shows in the United States lately, particularly WWE shows, and you guys love your national anthem. Like, you really do. Yeah. Um, absolutely. <laughs> Especially at WWE, let's be honest. That's oh, like... they, they love it there. When um, yeah. ISIS threatened to attack Survivor Series, we were like, we're going to sing and scare you, and they didn't show up, so it obviously worked, you know? They were terrified of Lillian Garcia's singing. Uh, but I think it's important that uh, we also engage in something along these lines. Especially considering the circumstances of uh, the last few days. So uh, if you would uh, all please bow your heads in respect as yes. we uh, bring mm -hmm. to you the Fuck Konami National Anthem. Oh, fuck Konami. Fuck Konami. Fuck, fuck Konami. Is someone graduating? Fuck Konami. Brains like dried salami. Killed off Silent Hill. Fuck, fuck Konami. Yes, we certainly will. Fuck, fuck Konami. Get on the treadmill. Failure tsunami. Dickheads with no chill. Fuck, fuck Konami, this is not a drill. Fuck, fuck Konami, Castlevania is Fuck, fuck Konami. Fuck Konami. Fuck yes, fuck Konami. Yes, we certainly will. Fuck. 
Konami. That will do. There we go. That was the longest effing song. But it's like actual graduation. It just doesn't yeah, stop. Yeah, someone graduated. Now, if someone could put Linkin Park on top of that. Oh, could there someone remix that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But to In the End by Linkin Park. <laughs> Absolutely. In the end, Pachinko doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. To be hey, fair, I probably should have checked that, tr- that track before playing it, before realizing, oh, yeah, that actually loops where I didn't expect it to. But never mind. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> the-, the sentiment is what matters, really. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Fuck Konami. True. For those wondering why we think fuck Konami, holy shit, if you saw the Game Awards this week, or last week, whenever it was, Jesus Christ. The salt was palpable. It really was. I I, I think it was extremely satisfying to hear Konami get booed by an entire room of people. That was wonderful. Well, it's the Game Awards, so it wasn't an entire room, it was like maybe one third of the room. Yeah. <laughs> there were lots of empty seats every time they showed the audience. That is true. Movie. Yes. Yeah. That is that is very true. I uh I will say no matter what you think, uh Keeley definitely uh like was like that was a huge fu to Konami, and that was pretty yes. that was pretty ballsy. That was a ballsy thing to do at an event. I, I don't know like if it's that. really that ballsy because if Konami is not making any more video games, why the fuck do you care what they think of you? Well, I mean, that's I guess that's true, but in in a climate of like game industry where you know you have to kiss enough ass to get people to show up to your awards, like that's how it works. Like you kiss everyone's ass and give them a little time. Konami, they were just like, you know what, piss off, and that was a nice send off to Konami. We'll never see him again. I hope so. I hope so. Welcome Jeff to the Glossal Podcast. Yeah, we do occasionally talk about video games. Jeff Keeley and our special guest, Pro Jared. Welcome to the show. Everybody, I'm so it's been a while be since here. you've been on, man. Yeah, it's been a couple of years, I think. Yeah, I think I think you might very well be right. There's good reasons for that. You don't but call. Welcome back. I mean, true. We we do. You you're in our um, YouTube support group. Like we we talk to you all the time. I watch your show all the time. Really? Yeah. So much <laughs> that you've got the you intro. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It's like I skipped the intro because I, I wanted to uh, just preserve that crystal clear memory of it. I didn't want to yes. ruin it through repetition. Right? That's how it works. Exactly. Totally. Some Indeed. things are just so flawless. You just don't want to mess with them too much. Are they shattered in your hands? That is true. Yeah. It's very important to know that. Mm-hmm. Must be careful with it. Welcome to the Corruptional Podcast. We do occasionally talk about video games. Coming up in the show, we're going to be talking about the games that we have been playing this week. And then I think most of the discussion after that will be the Video Game Awards. are going through the nominations, talking about how Undertale got fucking robbed over and over and over again. I, don't I know couldn't that I tell that. if... When you <laughs> tweeted about that, I couldn't tell if you were... Serious? I don't agree with that. If you were serious or if you were trying to make people like me angry. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, part of it definitely was that, like, but... Oh, the, no, I, I, I actually do think that they, they got robbed in some categories. But we can definitely talk about that a little bit later after we've talked about the games we've been playing this week. And, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a good time to start doing just that. It's either that or I'm going to have to talk about how fucking amazing it was to uh, watch a bunch of WWE wrestlers streaming Windjammers last night on YouTube before the oh fucking God. live Raw show and having the stream end by one of the bad guy wrestlers getting super kicked in the face by another guy and then immediately the stream cutting out. It was fucking glorious. Oh my God. That's amazing. 
It is. I love Windjammers. Windjammers is fucking awesome. It's a great game. Yep. It's like, wow. This is, uh, the internet is weird. Like, if you told me 10 years ago, it's like, yeah, so what the WWE is going to be doing now is playing Windjammers before the show on a live stream. <laughs> I'll be like, what? <laughs> what the fuck are you on? I want to know what WWE intern was like, hey, you guys ever hear of Windjammers? And like brought up two of them. There's no way that anyone in WWE knows what fucking Windjammer. Well, what's his face is a gamer. Uh, yeah, uh, Xavier Woods. So yes. yeah, so I don't, I don't know WWE all, at all. Yeah, so basically this all kind of came about. There's there is now a WWE wrestler that has a Let's Play channel. It's called Up Up it's Down amazing. Down. Uh, his That's real hilarious. name is Austin. He's uh, his ring name is Xavier Woods, and his kind of gimmick is he brings wrestlers on, usually like in the backstage area, just has a little recording setup back there, and plays video games with them and uploads them to YouTube channel. And, like, he's genuinely into gaming. Like, he shows up at PAX and E3 and shit. He cosplays. He cosplayed at Dragon Con, like a, a gender-bent jewel, I think, <laughs> is what he was cosplaying there. He showed up on one episode of Raw with a haircut from the movie Hook, which was <laughs> awesome. He also played the Final Fantasy victory song in the middle of a live Raw show on a trombone. Oh, I saw that clip. Yeah, yep. you saw that I clip. I saw that clip. Yeah. That's him. Okay. Yeah, that guy is yeah. legit. Uh, we actually got to meet him. Uh, they, they came to Charlotte. Uh, just doing a house show, and we got to meet him, uh, and he's really, really awesome. And hey, props uh, to that guy. Yeah, he's he's great. Like the, yeah. they they're actually legitimately interested in gaming, which is I think really cool. And I'm very surprised that WWE let them do it, but I yeah. hope they keep doing that. Uh, so yeah, Rufio, that was the name of the guy's haircut they had. He was uh, cosplaying oh, yeah, Rufio, Rufio, Rufio haircut Rufio. on the show. Rufio. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. By the way, uh, that movie's still not very good. I don't care. What no, it says. it's not. <laughs> it's great. It's oh, it is. It's so good. I love that nope. movie. No, nope, not a very good movie. Hook I love the movie. Movie. Like plot of Tinker Bell wanting Space to bang Jam. Peter Plan. Not a good movie. All the movies you loved when you were a kid, watch them again. They're awful. I very bad. recently watched Hook, and I still love that movie. So. Movie. I'm glad to hear that. I have that. not watched Space Jam in years, though. Space Jam, awful movie. No, I mean, Space Jam was awful when it came out. It's still awful now, let's be honest. No, you Space Jam was so good when I was a totally kid. Wrong. No. Horrible. I'm not okay not. with that. Let's talk about the games we've been playing this week. All that right. sounds like a good idea. Who, who wants to kick it off? I'll go I'd... first, because I've been doing uh, cool. old, boring stuff. Yes, excellent. Uh, so That's good, I've, we like I'll that. I'll throw the month of December on my main channel. I'm doing... Uh, everything is... Dungeons and Dragons themed, so I'm doing D and D December throughout the all this month. Uh, of my I see what That's you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. I've been playing a I bunch of it. really old D and D games. Okay. Uh, Eye of the Beholder two, uh, Dungeon Hack. Oh my god, that is. Uh, old. Yeah, yeah. Like I've, I've been playing a lot of that stuff rather than actual video games at the moment. I was gonna say, there's quite a lot of decent D and D games that you could be there's playing. There's a lot of really good D and D games. And of course, there's always you know the Baldur's Gate, Planescape, Icewind Dale. Dale. I Never... was always a huge fan of Neverwinter Nights. Yep, Neverwinter Nights that's is a really good. Yep. of third edition. No doubt. Um, oh, speaking by the way, speaking of which, uh, I wouldn't plan this at all. But who watching right now wants a free copy of Sword Coast Legends, courtesy of Wizards of the Coast? I'll hold the code up to the camera. And then uh, joke's on white. you. It's, it's too white. Nobody can white. see it. Oh, oh shit. Shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> take, a, take a photo of it and put it on your Twitter. I've done that plenty of times already. I, nobody can read that. Nobody. nobody can read it. <laughs> I had, this is a great idea. 
failure. Perfect edit. Is failure. there actually a code on the back of that? I can't even see it. I just there see a big white. Code, yeah. Okay. You tried to you tried to cox this stream and you goofed. There's yeah. only one. You're gonna have to uh, write it out. You're gonna have to write it out. Nobody can see it. Damn it. I uh, haven't had a chance to play a uh, Sword Coast Legends yet. I've heard mixed opinions on it. Uh it's honestly quite mixed. Yeah. because uh, it's based off the new fifth edition D D set. Okay. And it does an okay job of that, but it's honestly closer in line to uh it's it's almost a little it's closer in line to fourth edition or even an MMO where all of your spells and abilities are on like cooldowns. So yeah, so you're going through cooldowns more so than actually playing Dungeons and Dragons compared to say Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Um but the DM mode, the instant dungeon mode, that stuff's great. I that's what I like the look of the most. Although yes. it, it kind of cool. it it reminded me a little bit of what they're doing with Fable Legends, which I'm actually really looking forward to. As where uh, Jesse and Dodger no doubt remember the fun times that we had with Dungeon Land, which was one of the first oh, games yeah. that really did the whole one versus all thing. And I love that level of asymmetry. And I was kind of hoping that that's what Sword Coast Legends would be. And it's it's a bit like that, but it's kind of clunky, and I don't think you really like have enough control uh, in the instant DM mode. What do you reckon to that? I haven't actually got a chance to do the DM mode myself. I've played it, I've but heard... haven't. Sorry. I've, oh, go ahead. I've heard that the DM mode does not give you a very high level of control over things. Like they they made it seem as though you would be able to basically create whatever you wanted to and have a lot of control and you actually don't yeah right. i know it's also missing a lot of stuff from the full game like it, this uh, sword coast legends has a total of five or six classes compared to the 13 that actually exist yeah and there's some fan favorites missing like druid or monk that's kind of always going to be the case Ooh. in a lot of D games though i mean it's pretty the much most part it, it, unless you're Baldur's gate or neverwinter nights yeah, yeah, that that is very true. Because I mean, the the amount of depth that those games had was was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. The the thing is, I think with um a sort of instant DM mode, you've got to think about the way that the game is designed as to whether or not it will even work. Because you've got to do all this stuff in real time. It's got to be done relatively quickly. And I think the way the dungeon land did it was pretty cool. It mostly focused on this energy bar and like. Being able to create packs of monsters ahead and traps, and then being able to play as the boss—that I think was the coolest part of it. You could control the boss, and you got all the abilities of the boss, and you got to play the boss kind of like a a player character, and that worked really, really well. I think with D and D though, when you're trying to create a story and have like more of a role play like experience, and yet trying to do that in real time with a kind of toolbox, it's going to be pretty difficult to do that properly. I'd imagine the uh, it has the pause button in it. Yeah, much does. like they were nice and never in uh, Baldur's Gate. So I imagine that has a little much more liberal use than playing the DM mode. Yeah, potentially. Again, I couldn't tell you for sure because I haven't done it myself. Yeah, I know you can build a campaign it. beforehand. Yeah. I know yeah. that's possible. You can possible. build it all up beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really had too much of a chance to play it. What I played of it in the beta was so-so, definitely. Mm -hmm. And that's how I felt, kind of going through the main campaign. It was just very eh. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of there. Uh, did you get a chance to play during, and you, you're going to have to if you haven't already, did you play the side-scroller, the D&D side-scroller? Oh, the uh, Tower of Doom and Chronicles over Mystara? Or yeah. Shadows of Mystara? Absolutely. I uh, fucking love those games. That's actually, that's, so on, good. that's like my next uh, main D&D December video is going to be is covering those games because those are 
incredible beat em up yes. games. Like these are like the, like that's my favorite arcade game of all time is yeah. Shadows of Mistara. Because I have I had many stories of going to a, a pizza place in Eagle River, Wisconsin, with five dollars worth of quarters to go and play Tower of Doom and try to beat it with my brothers. And we never could because that God, game it's... is balls hard. It's Aww. so And I played good. as the elf, so I just had very little hit points. Yeah. I think it's it is on Steam, isn't it? Like you could yes. actually Oh, yeah, look, now that weirdly you enough, it, I'm looking it up right now. It is so on Steam. It good. It's on Steam. It's on Wii U. I know it's on PS3 and Xbox 360. I don't yeah. know if it's on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One store, but it's all downloadable at the moment. It's only 15 bucks for both games online play. Um, what? Not a whole lot of extras, but phenomenal arcade games. Cannot yeah. recommend, if, recommend. Yeah, it I mean, if you like, if you liked Golden Axe and shit that's like exactly that. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, go, that's Golden Axe. Yeah, it blows Golden Axe. Out Golden Axe plays shit better. better. It's yeah. yeah, it's yeah. really, really good. Like the fact that they even released this on PC was a surprise. I actually owned a copy of this game, and I had to get an import cart for my Sega Saturn to do it. And that yeah. game probably cost me over a hundred dollars at the time because it was considered to be one of the best arcade ports that the Saturn had ever done. And for some incredibly stupid fucking reason, they didn't bring it out in the US, even mm-hmm. though it was clearly a game that would have done really well here. And it was awesome, because I, I love those side-scrolling brawlers, and it's one of the best ones I think that's ever been made. And it has these really cool little RPG elements in there. Like, it's no Guardian Heroes, but it's pretty fucking it's close. Also, yeah. we got the war machine! We did it, Reddit! Yay! It's also got a surprisingly accurate... Uh, recreation of the D&D basic rule set. That's one of the best parts about it. Down to like uh, elves only uh, leveling up after like level 7 only get so many hit points per level. Fighters get so many hit points up to that level. Uh, yeah. you're, when you fight a dragon, they only use their breath weapon three times per day. All that shit. It's it's, awesome. it's a stupid amount of weird detail that most yes. people wouldn't even notice unless they were really into like old school editions of D&D. It's really yeah. cool. I saw all of this, like even as a kid, which is why it like blew my mind so much, yeah. and they just did it so well. Uh, when they were developing this game, they actually did the story as an actual D and D campaign first to yeah. see if it would work, and then brought it over into the arcade game. The uh, um, the the really good arcade cabinets had like four players, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, four to four player. It's so good. Oh, yeah, this man, is it's... so dope! It has two games. It's the yeah. it's. Uh... The original Shadows and the sequel. Sequel yeah. has six player classes. Uh, on, on that one also allows uh, two people to be the same class thanks to sprite swapping. Instant purchase. Yeah, you yeah. get to oh, like honest. make choices, which is awesome, and that like gives it a lot of replayability. A crap ton. Yeah, it's it's a kick ass game. It's really really cool. If you if you like side scrollers and kind of like the Neo Geo style of uh, arcade, it's very 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 colorful. Still sort of two D side scroller. It's like. Kind of the pinnacle of what 2D side-scrolling kind of became before the 3D era. You know, mm-hmm. around the sort of Saturn PlayStation transition period. And it was you know, really great quality animations, great frame rate, really colorful, awesome character sprites. Yeah, it's brilliant. Love that game. That's what I've been doing. That's uh, not a bad thing to be doing, honestly. It feels great. It. Yeah, I want to go back and play that now. I should. So good. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm literally. I'm gonna buy that, and um, we should, we should totally make. I think there is online play uh, on the PC version, right? It says get your friends involved. I assume. Yeah, it's it's got multiplayer co-op and local co-op. It it does have netcode, if I recall correctly. So I think you can play it online. Jared. Oh, no. Yay. We lost him. We lost him. Where did Jared he go? Got, he got to tell us his one he went. He went to go and then. play Chronicles of the Star. He's like, <laughs> yeah, fuck this noise. Like, We're getting out of here. I'm out of here. Time for this. Yeah. 
Hold on, while we should hopefully have the call back in a second. Certainly, there. Uh, no, no, maybe. Okay, I'm, I'm sure he'll be back. It's all right. Uh -oh. he, he'll be back in a moment, no doubt. All right, there he is. He's back. Good. Time order cable, everybody. Yes. Oh yeah. I had my time water cable just die for no reason last week, and they're like, "Yeah, we need to go and just replace the line because there's a voltage problem on there." I'm like, what? How did that happen? I was like, "Well, okay." Like a voltage problem? Yeah, apparently a voltage problem on on the actual line itself. So like, yeah, we're just gonna replace the line. I'm like, okay then. So they come out and replace it. I was like, yeah, we don't have time to bury the line, so we're just gonna kind of leave it on the lawn. We're gonna come and bury the line next week. And we got a call this morning saying, yeah, they can't bury the line for some reason. I'm like, what? So you're just going to leave the cable on the lawn. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's... That, um, they might have to deal with that. <laughs> I had a good Time Warner cable experience where my wireless stopped working. And I called and did, like, the live chat with four different people before somebody figured out what was wrong. I was I, like, you guys are worthless. You're fucking worthless. Do you, do you do business class or do you just do the residential? I do residential. Yeah, I, I will say one thing for business class, despite the fact that we get reamed for how much it costs us, we get straight through to customer service and they do fix it immediately. Like, it doesn't it doesn't matter what it is, they'll, they'll have fixed it. And I never have to call back, which is kind of nice. Considering we pay $600 a fucking month for 300 down and 20 up on business class, they'd fucking well better. They should be sending yeah. me flowers every month Jesus for the amount Christ. that we pay them. Only 20 up? Yeah, that's the best we can get in this area, 20 up. Like, I, I've, been, I've been doing professional YouTube for five years with five up. Like, it's been uh, do, uploading 1080p60. It's been awful. Just awful. I just, I just want a world with fiber. Yeah. All over the place. Just well, I mean, the only, you know, the only reason they upgraded the stuff around here is because Google Fiber's coming to Charlotte, so they're shit scared. So, like, oh, yeah, we're going to uh... put you in a, a thing. Or like, you know what? That's fine by me. I just want better internet. And I'll give them credit. Like, outside of the outside of that cable issue, th this internet is very, very reliable. I'll, I'll give them credit for that. And I get the speed that I ask for all the time. Mm. But the amount that I pay for it, I'd fucking well better. It's so bad. But, uh, no, for real, though, fuck Time Warner. Fuck Time just, Warner. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We'll have just the fuck Time Warner anthem available we next week. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 fuck Time Warner. Yeah, just, just want to make sure that Time Warner <laughs> yeah, not, knows. Not giving him a break. Not giving him a break. Yeah, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna give you credit for doing what you said you would do in the contract. That's, that's just, you know, that's the baseline of what I expect from you. At this point, we'll be playing the Ceremony March, only we'll be singing about fuck Time Warner yes. instead of fuck Fuck, Warner. fuck Time Warner. <laughs> we can fit that in there, yeah. Yeah. Make it uh, also, a lot more things rhyme with Warner than Konami, by the way, as I discovered. <laughs> it's like, I got yes, Salami, yes. Tsunami... When your first rhyme was Salami, I realized you were running this out of time. This is not gonna go well. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, a, long t a long time ago when I did that, uh, of course, you know this, Jesse, because you, uh, you did one yourself. Uh, with WoW Radio, we used to do a lot of parody songs. And we had um, issues with like rhyming stuff because a lot of the in-game stuff was really weird. So there's a couple of websites which are like rhyming dictionaries, which I use like RhymeZone. So if I put in Konami, there is nothing. But if you, but you, so you got to think of okay, what rhymes with Konami? Salami. Put salami in there, and then it's like okay, it gives you two syllable, three syllable, four syllable, and it's like well, um, apparently Komi rhymes with salami, which I disagree. Oh. Uh, Swami, Pastrami, Tsunami, sure. and then then things just get weirder. Swami Kami. Uh, yeah, uh, Yanomami, apparently, which is like, what? 
What? What is that exactly? I, I don't know what Yanomami is. Not a clue. In fact, I'm going to Google that right now because I would really like to know what Yanomami... Yanomami is a group of approximately 35,000 indigenous people who live in some 200 to 250 villages in the Amazon rainforest on the border between Venezuela and Brazil. Oh, yeah. So, There's going to be a lyric about how they couldn't even sell their new games to the Yanomami. Well, I'm fairly sure they couldn't because they probably don't have electricity. So, it's like, that, that seems reasonable. Yeah, look, yeah. But, but, but even to those them, it'd be like magic. Like, it'd be like magic. Yeah. And they'd be like, what is this? And they'd be like, we don't want it. Even yeah. we know here it's shit in the jungle. Uh, indeed, in, in the jungle of Mighty Jungle. We've heard about you. You guys Konami sucks tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but even the Yomami say, fuck Konami. Indeed. Yes, yes. It's part of, the, it's part of a, a, a yeah. tribal dance, a ritual. Indeed. Like, hey, fuck Konami. That's how you become a man. Yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> when you go on your fishing quest, you, you must repeat over and over and over again, fuck Konami. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. What else have we been playing this week? Who wants to go? Overwatch. Look, they're shutting it down. They're shutting it down on they the 10th for like a month. And so I'm trying to get as much of my sweet junk butt in as I can. Indeed. Well, Here we go. Obligatory Overwatch segment to piss off that one guy on the subreddit. Here we go. At least there's news, though. At least now, like, nothing in news. the game has yeah. actually changed. But Yes. Yeah, that, that's probably... That's worth, it, that's worth talking yeah. about. Yeah, so Jesse, what did they announce for Overwatch? Well, the biggest thing... I mean, Jeff Kaplan came out and made a video, and the video was just literally him in front of a like a wall yes. answering questions. He's like, yep. I've been to the Reddit, I've seen what fans have said, here's some answers. And the first one and the best thing he said was, yeah, so once the game's released, we're going to make new maps, we're going to make new characters, all of it's free. Which is yes. super dope. Which is like, exactly what we were hoping would happen. Yeah. 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 So that's, like, I think that's the best thing they could have done. Like, if you're going to pay up front, from now on, everything that you get is free. And I guess the only concern people had, of course, it's Reddit. So immediately the concerns were, uh, well, how many do we get? What's the frequency of us getting them if we pay we for it? We're incentive to make more. And it was like, oh, my God, you'll never Who be happy. cares? <laughs> <laughs> never oh be my happy. God. Well, I mean, it, so, it, it really is that as well, because a lot of the, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's unfair to say, like, Reddit has this opinion, because obviously it's a lot of different people. But it does seem to me like with, with new multiplayer games specifically, if it's single player, you get a pass on literally whatever the fuck you want to do, apparently. But if it's multiplayer, it seems like no one can agree on what the business model should ever be, you know? Because right. yeah. as soon as they announced that it was going to be $40, people are like, well, why is it not free to play? Why is it not free to play? I want it to be free to play. And then there's a bunch of people that, for the previous whatever game it was that announced it would be free to play, say, why, why is it free to play? That's going to be shitty now. It's going to be pay to win and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, what do you want exactly? Like, what business model would you be okay with? I mean, we're obviously, the community is obviously split up into two factions, right? And depending on what game says what price model, the people who disagree with it flock to be like, no! Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah, and there's a lot of like, oh, well, but TF2. I'm like, yeah, TF2's been out for 10 years, wasn't free originally, and has made more money than God in the, like, 10 years it's been out. So they could kind of do pretty much anything with it. Yeah. I mean, didn't they, like, tacitly admit years and years ago when they made it free that they're like, yeah, we just want people to use Steam, so we're using TF2 to get people to do that. That's absolutely why they did it, yeah. Um, what else? That's, that's the only thing from the video that I heard about. There I didn't actually watch thing. the there video. Were a what else things. was announced? So they were talking a little bit about Kill Feed, 
So a lot of people have been complaining that the game doesn't have a kill feed. And for those who don't know what a kill feed is, it's like the thing that scrolls down on the side that says, someone killed this with this, you know. And they're saying, yeah, we don't actually have a real reason why it's not in the game right now. We don't have any design objections to it being there, so we're going to put it in. And apparently, like, they used to have it probably in the alpha, and then they kind of took it out for reworking. And I'm fine with that. Like, yeah. th- there's no there's no disadvantage, I think, to having a kill feed. In fact, I think it's really useful. Because if you see, like, mm. oh, four guys just went down to high noon on the other team, then you're like, push, go, 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 go. You know, that's yeah. useful information. And I then they talked, about the, they talked about the scoreboard, which is, <clears> that, that's another controversial issue, which is like, well, we don't really know about the scoreboard yet because we've got, on, we've got the on-fire thing to represent when people are doing well. We don't <clears> necessarily <throat> want, you know, KD comparisons between the teams. And a lot of people are making the argument, it's like, oh, well, all you're really trying to do is dodge this word toxicity. You know, you're denying people information because you think that people will be mean to each other. Right. That's not... Well, that's not really it. That's not at all what I would think. Like, that's not <laughs> just... the immediate assumption that I would make. No, because this is a game where you have objectives and you're supposed to work as a team. And sometimes you play a character who isn't supposed to be killing people. Yeah. Yeah. Just... See, I would argue that not having the kill, like kill count up on screen, would actually help people from not trying to quit or throw games, because like that's a mindset where if you see one team is like way ahead than the other, like, the uh, team that's cares. losing is like, well, why bother trying? It Fuck happens it. in all LOL. Your guys's fault. I mean, lol and Dota, it happens a lot. Lol probably more than Dota because lol actually has a surrender button. You know, yeah. and if you're losing that badly and the scoreboard clearly shows it, like, fuck this, or like, I'm going AFK, Dota's maybe less like that because I think a lot of people, especially considering they've watched a lot of Dota, realize that Dota has quite a lot of comeback potential. So they don't have a surrender button, so they can't bail out anyway. But you're still obviously going to get a lot of people complaining, oh, this guy doesn't have the right kind of stats. Mm. But simultaneously, I think, like, in this case, you don't. In a game like Dota, you dying not only hurts your team, but it really helps the enemy because it gives them gold, it gives them experience and shit. You know, the concept of feeding is a thing in Dota games and LoL. The, you yeah. can't really feed in Overwatch. No. And, you know, as a result, like, if I, I, I'm especially concerned about it because I play a lot of Winston. And Winston, yeah, I can get, I can get kills with Winston, but ideally, with Winston, if I am tying up two guys at the back out of the fight for a good amount of time not killing them but you know keeping them out of the fight i'm kind of doing my job because that means the main fight's now five on four in our favor and i think that 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 to me is an objective hard yeah it's that's hard to represent on a scoreboard even with a generic kind of score feed it's kind of hard to properly represent what i'm doing and my contribution to the team that way yeah, it, 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 it there's so many things in the game. Like the fact that, like for example, if there if there was a ninety percent of the time, you're gonna have a team where objective A or point A or whatever the like the first half of the map, you're just gonna get screwed, and it's gonna look like you're just getting wrecked. Especially if you're on defense, they're just just gonna get crushed. And then point B is usually super heavily defensible. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Like, giving anyone the excuse early on to be like, my team's shit, and bug out is, like, not... It's It, it shouldn't be that way. Like, mm-hmm. it's just... It's an objective-based game. You learn, and then you adapt. 
and you change as you play. So by the end of the time you're playing that one round, hopefully you have a cohesive team and you're working together and you're stopping the enemy or pushing on the enemy, whatever the case may be, but you're gonna die a bunch. And to make it so people are gonna not, like people are gonna chill out in the back and hide and try and get kills and like, oh, I, I, I gotta look out for me. It, it's not, that doesn't yeah, work. Doesn't yeah, work because like at least all of the game modes that we have right now, again, are objective-based, and yeah. anything that's going to distract you from what the actual objective is is going to hurt your team. And having yeah. some sort of a board that's like, oh, so-and-so has just a few more kills than you, you're going to be like, oh, I want to I want to get higher on the board than that guy, right? And you're suddenly going to be totally focused on killing the other team instead of pushing the goddamn cart. Yeah, although yeah. simultaneously, I, I, it's been so long since I've played TF2. How does TF2 do it? They They actually do have a scoreboard, right? I haven't played that in years either. I haven't played it in so <laughs> fucking long. I dodge you're probably the last person to play TF2, right? Yeah, Ever. I've, I've Ever. still played it pretty consistently. Yeah, do, do you um, remember how the scoreboard works in that game? Yeah, it uh, it has like it has a a bunch of stats along the top, um, but it it puts you in order by everything. Everything sort of converges into a certain number of points overall. So like kills get you a certain number of points. Pushing the cart gives you a certain number of points. So it's all the same number, um, but different things contribute more or it's, less. To it's your just score. a big kind of generic score number. Yeah. Than kills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, rather I don't than it just being kills. Yeah, I don't necessarily object to to having that. I think, like, K KD as a stat is something that should only be available personally, and it already is. You can see your KD when you hit tab, but you can only see your KD. But I think even, I mean, there, if you're playing a character like Mei, who can sometimes be played super harassy, right? Like, you might never get points in anything. You might never be on the cart. You might never kill somebody. Um, so you still wouldn't show up on the list. You're just, like, you're just trying to harass and confuse people and keep them away from what's going on so I, I think even then you would wind up with people who don't show up on the board even though they contributed there's definitely an issue with that and i think it's just the the arguments that i've seen in favor of a scoreboard are well i don't know how well i'm doing relative to the rest of the team which to right. me doesn't i don't see how that's important like why, why does that really matter and other people have said well i don't know if i'm getting better I'm like, well, isn't that what, like, the end-of-game career stats are for? Yeah. I'd rather people were focused on pl just playing the game, and then at the end they can see how things went, rather than in the middle of the game. And, you know, I, 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 just, don't, I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think we, we were all in agreement on that. We've been yeah. in agreement on that for a while. It's just a... We'll see what they do when they bring it back, probably in January. Yeah, yeah. I said the beta, the beta is ending for a month, so you'll have a month of no Overwatch discussion. And yes, but we we found the guy from Reddit in the chat. So I don't get why you're talking about this when your viewers can't play. We talk about games you can't play all the time. Like <laughs> you, you do realize that, right? Like I enjoy that. We talk yeah, about the we fact talk that about you can't play. It makes it more fun for me. I was gonna say, literally, isn't that the point of us going to packs and shit to talk about games you don't get to play yet? <laughs> I can rub it in your face. I'm doing good. I feel I good get about it, myself. Yeah. Oh, anyway, oh, like the, the point is, the business model uh, is good. Like I, I'm happy with what they said. I think they've made the right call there, and we'll see how they develop it and see what happens when it comes back. And then hopefully they let more people in so that people can stop fucking whining about it. Because that yeah. that's maybe the most annoying damn thing about it. Oh god. 
Okay. Uh, what else have you been playing this week, Dodge? You got to play something else that's not Overwatch. Uh, I played. Um, I finally played a game called The Purring Quest. Oh, that like- thing. Okay. Yeah. Right. It looks so cute. It looked so cute, and my friend Pluto gifted it to me. He was like, "It's a game where you play a cat. It's perfect." Um. Perfect. So it's perfect. Uh, Can someone explain to me how the fuck I has Cupquake got 589,000 views playing this game? Oh, it's because she's dressed as a cat. Okay, all right. She's dressed as a cat. Right, I see. She got really (laughs) big, really fast. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Yeah. When Um, the hell did that happen? I, you know what, I could say, but it's mean, so I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. My, my daddy always said, "Don't say nothing mean about people unless you're off camera." So, that's a smart man. (laughs) <laughs> anyway. Turn off your camera, then say it. The uh, <laughs> the game has really jank ball controls. It does this thing where you have to hold down on a button in order to jump higher, and it it's uh, it drives me crazy. It like gave me instant hand cramps. So I I swapped between the keyboard and the controller to try and like figure out what way to play this game was going to be less obnoxious and both ways were really frustrating to me i think the game is super short it seems like there's only like five levels to it i think it's really small but um but i still was just like all right got halfway through the game i'm good i don't i don't really care to see the end of this because the the intro was kind of weird but the game looks so cute and you meet other kitties. You meet Henri, the chat noir. He's the first cat that you meet. And he's like all mysterious. That means the black shit. cat. It does. I know and some French. Yeah. So it, I, like, don't, it, I had no idea what you said. It was really <laughs> cute and it had a lot of potential. And I just feel like the controls fucked it for me. If the controls were better or easier, I would have I played it all the way through. Because again, it seems short. But... It just like was so frustrating to play <laughs> for me. Yeah, I don't think that's a game I'm really going to be spending a lot of time trying to pursue. You <laughs> don't tra- want to play a game about a kitty? My wife is playing a game about cats right now on the iPad, which seems to literally be trying to collect as many of these cats as possible, and then they is leave it that you. Weird house game. Yes. I've never played that, but I've had so many people send me screenshots being like, "Why the fuck aren't you playing this game?" Like, there are some, there are some odd cats in that game. It's like you have to sort of build up a thing to attract various kinds of cats, and then they'll come visit right. you, and then they'll leave you fishies, and then you apparently trade the fishies for more stuff to attract more cats. Yeah, so uh, Octo, Octopimp, actually this morning sent me a screenshot of a cat wearing a cowboy hat, and it says, personality, nihilist. <laughs> and I was like, you got a nihilist cat in your house. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely... Uh, something involving that i don't i can't really criticize her for it because i've still been playing that stupid bullshit pay to win star wars game every night so she can play whatever she wants <laughs> i She's thought allowed. you would have dropped that by now hey i i have uh it, it, it i have not i'm still playing it uh it's, guilty pleasure it kind of is the, the weird thing is that at this point there's like the pay to win aspect has sort of died off because it's really hard to properly pay to win in that game now at the start it's really easy to pay to win because you get a bunch of, like, premium packs, you get a bunch of really good quality characters, and you just wreck people with them. And then, 
It's sort of because of the way that the game does its character distribution, it gets really hard to pay to win after a certain point because you get you open these packs, and as I mentioned last week, you get ran, either random characters or random shards of characters, which will eventually become characters you collect enough shards. But it gets to the point where once you've collected a few characters, you get basically nothing. Like you throw twenty bucks at packs and you get fuck all from it. And it's in Hearthstone, at least, if you open, like, 20 packs and you have all the cards, at least you can disenchant them. In this game, right. you can't do that. So there's a character that I really want who is, like, a Jedi whose special ability is, like, gives... Keep... You can't... <laughs> this is the thing. You, um, you get the... So I want this character, and his main ability is, like, every Jedi in your squad gets, like, a 25% chance to counterattack upon being hit. And I run like a full Jedi squad. That sounds like it would be incredibly amazing. But the only way to get this character is to open him in a pack. Like, as far as I'm aware right now, anyway, at my level, there's no other way to legitimately acquire him. The thing is that randomly getting him in a pack, the chances of getting him are astronomical. Like, and who is this? Who is this hero? He's like Emo Kun or something like that. He's some Exar Kun? No, not Exar Kun. Kit Fisto. No, it's not Kit Fisto. I actually have Kit Fisto. Oh, okay. He's shit. I call him. I call him. Uh, <laughs> of shit, course he is. Shit, shit Fisto, which really doesn't sound good. But oh, man. I, I can't remember his name. Like, emo Con or something like that. Jed. Like he's he's so strange that I I, I can't even remember his name. But like the way that you acquire characters in this game is so fucking bonkers crazy that. You, you lose the desire to even throw money at it because, like, I, I'm not going to get anything. If I throw 20 bucks at packs, at least in Hearthstone, I know I'm going to get something I can use. Here, I don't even know if I'm going to get anything I can use. It's such a random spread of what you get. Sometimes you open, like, eight packs and you get four four-star characters from them. It's like, wow, great. And then uh, sometimes you open them and you get, oh, here's one shard for this character. Oh, you need 80 shards to unlock him, by the way. I'm just like, you fucking What? It's insane. Is it, is, is it a character named I'm a Gundy? Uh, possibly. Yeah, might be. Why is there a Jedi named I'm a Gundy? I, I don't. A, it's, it's a description, not a name. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, it's it's strange. And uh, the the meta's kind of settled down now into a into a meta that's not really all that good. You know, one of the things that you do every day is compete on the ladder to get high ranking in pvp and the pvp is really just you fighting against ai an ai controlled squad of another player and everyone has figured out that the best way to keep your rank is to run the clock out these pvp battles for no apparent fucking reason at all have a five minute timer on them so what people have done is they've created these squads that are really heal focused with really high health and they just run the clock out that you can't kill them in the five minutes it takes so Almost all of the high-ranked players in that game are all using a kind of the same sort of squad. And the thing is, like, usually when a meta settles that way, someone will come up with a counter, and then the meta will change. And that's how meta, meta, the actual meta of a game works. But in this game, because it's so hard to get some of the characters that you would need to set up a real counter, you don't have anybody able to do that. So everyone just settles on the same squad, and sometimes they win, and sometimes they don't. Like, some of the animations are way too long. Sometimes the game runs slower than it's supposed to. 
the game runs faster if you put it on auto attack. The animations are quicker. The problem with auto attack is you tell the guy, uh, it's like, all right, you can target a character and say, go attack it. And then they randomly change who they decide to attack for no apparent reason. So you're like, shit, I almost killed this guy. And then one of their 5,000 healers is like, hey, I just gave them 5,000 HP back. I'm like, oh my fucking God, this is the worst. TB, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think you're playing a bad game. I, I think you're right. <laughs> like, I think you've sunk a lot of money into a into game that's a, not Yeah, and this good. is the problem. Now I don't want to stop because I've invested too much into it. <laughs> It's so oh, bad. No. Uh, I, I mean, I imagine like that's a lot of how the iOS sort of pay to game win, uh, pay to win games actually work. Getting you invested so much that even though there are stuff that is so fucking shitty, you yeah. just you just like fuck it. I don't care. Like we have to keep going. We have to keep going because we've already. It's called the sunk cost fallacy. It's I think why League of Legends keeps as many people as it does because you know once you've yeah. unlocked a bunch of characters, oh, wow. there, you don't want to leave, especially if you spent money. It's, uh, it's evil. It's fucking evil. <laughs> oh, God. Such, such wasted time. Yeah, it, it's, it, you know, I, I actually want it to be more pay-to-win than it is now. Because now it's not pay-to-win enough. <laughs> At the start, it was great. It's because well, they're like, yeah, on. I can win it. Now it's like, I, I can't really pay to win because it's so fucking random that even if I throw hundreds of dollars at this, I might not even get what I want. Well, so there's no point. Like beautiful whale you are. I, yeah, just a beautiful whale song. Yeah. I might just have to let it go at some point. <laughs> might happen. No. But but tonight my this? No, I can't I can't because my IG88 assassin droid gets rank 5 tonight. <laughs> so God damn it. <laughs> and us TB was lost forever. Yeah, we lost. Oh, it's the now. worst. Yep. It's the it's worst. Too late for it's it's just a, it's been a really interesting experience because I've never got so invested in a, a shitty iOS game before and it's so it's so interesting to see i think what a lot of people must experience when they play a lot of these games and why people sink as much money into them as they do it's it's really intriguing at one point I'm, i just want to make a video about all of the systems that that game has to get money out of you you can fully acknowledge the psychology behind it oh yeah yet you're letting it work on you oh yeah absolutely <laughs> i fully invested in it absolutely but now i'm just like eh, i don't know i should probably keep playing it though because you know what happens? I mean, I, I might open a pack and get something really cool tomorrow. I don't know. I have no idea. I still need to unlock Darth Sidious. I haven't got him yet. People like, would you like it if it wasn't Star Wars? Fuck no. It's actually a very similar game by the same developer. They made a Dragon Age game a while ago called Dragon Age Heroes. It's pretty much the same game, but with Dragon Age. And I didn't like that. But I like this because it's Star Wars. <laughs> there, there's a Star Trek game coming out called Star Trek Timelines, which sounds quite similar where you can recruit characters from all the different parallel timelines of Star Trek. Oh, God damn it. There's some Record real... Keeper. You can get, I like... Say, I was doing the same thing with Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Yes, it yep. is, yeah, it's, it's basically Record Keeper, definitely. Uh, you, can, you, you can even recruit, like, holodeck versions of them, like, playing the... Um, if you remember, there's some Voyager episodes where they're in this, like, 1930s black-and-white sci-fi show, where, um... Queen Arachnia, that was her name, where she was, um, Captain Janeway was playing Queen Arachnia. You can recruit Queen Arachnia for your team, and she yes. has, like, a unique ability and all sorts of shit like that. I'm like, oh, fuck. Once this comes out, I am fucked. It's can got, I like, I am fucked. I just have an entire team of Datas. 
Yeah. yeah, like there's Sherlock probably five Data? different. Yeah, Sherlock Data's in it. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, they're putting. They, it's like it's a pure Star Trek fan service game. I'm like, I'm fucked once this game what comes about, out. What about Dixon Hill, Captain Picard's alter ego? I think he's <laughs> in too, actually. Yeah, they've put in those a lot. The, look, those are my favorite episodes. I love Dixon Hill. I'm pretty sure they have great. one variant of Janeway, which is like coffee starved Janeway. And she has an ability based on not having a lot of coffee. So it's like what? Riker without beard, Riker with beard. Oh my god! I hope so. Yes. I hope so. Uh, Riker yeah. without beard is really, really shitty. Riker with stubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which, come on, Dodger. I need to know which was more attractive: Riker with beard, Riker without beard. Go. Oh, with with beard. I'm with sorry, beard. Dodger. With beard. <laughs> oh, oh god. <laughs> also, also. No, it's okay. It's also... okay to it's okay to admit to that. It's Riker. Riker is incredibly handsome. We should oh, all aspire to be Riker. Shout out to Q for being the first person to call him out on that beard in maybe the best (laughs) episode of Star Trek ever. Yep, true. Very true. I liked you better without the beard. Bam. Nailed it. Yep. Riker. We should all aspire to be Riker. That's my favorite favorite shirt that I own. It's a picture of Riker and uh, two women. It says what happens on the holodeck stays on the holodeck. Nice. Oh god. Yep, that sounds right. It's like, is there anyone Riker did not bang? Nobody knows. Everyone. Uh, Everyone. He was, he was the new Kirk. Yeah, very much so. Picard mm-hmm. was far too sensible. And then yeah. we missed the storyline because the series ended with Troy going out with Worf. And then <gasps> the movies just ignored right. that storyline. Mm. That's right. That so you're like, wait, what happened? Well, so, I mean, what happened was that uh, in DS9, uh, Worf ends up going up. out with Dax. So, yeah. oh, that's right. He broke up because Worf went to Deep Space Nine. Yeah, he went to DS Nine. Right. Duh. Yeah. And then he banged. Then he banged the alien who had a worm inside her. That's Dex. right. Yeah. It wasn't the only God. thing she had inside her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Star Trek, great. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited for the new series. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. uh, for those of you who are going to see Star Wars next week, the new Star Trek trailer is in front of that. I don't want to see the Star Trek trailer. Are you, are you gonna go see Star Wars? Do you have your tickets already? Girl, I, I got do. my tickets. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh! I'll see if I can get a ticket at the same hey, place well, you're going. Thing. Here's the thing. Uh, because I'm such a nice guy, and I know you guys, and I know you're the worst at pr- planning <laughs> things. I bought three tickets. <gasps> can I claim one? You definitely can. Yes. There you go. Thank you. I know. I know all of you. You're bad people. <laughs> I know that you're lazy. So I I helped you out in advance. Cool. Sick. I played a video game. Uh-oh. Yes. I played uh, Dragon Quest Heroes, finally. Got around to it. Oh, it, it? it came out on Steam. And I bought it for PS4 when it came out, and then got really salty about the fact that the whole streaming shit that they had, and then just never bothered to fucking play it. Uh, but then it came out on Steam, I'm like, I should try it out on Steam, because people will probably want a video. As usual, Tecmo Koei with their fucking awful ports, uh, it's... At least it runs at 60 frames, but if you want to try and play that with keyboard and mouse, you are shit out of luck. They, I don't know what it is about uh, Japanese publishers bringing games on Steam, but they always fuck up those controls. But I eventually plugged in a controller and got it to work, and that's not bad, that game. That's actually, uh, that's pretty fun. It, it's very, like, it's very Warriors. Like, if you didn't like Hyrule Warriors or Dynasty Warriors, you're probably not liking this either, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's very colorful. It's really cool to see all of the old Dragon Quest monsters. Like it's in, a little in, more complicated, though. Like, they added, more, yeah. like, yeah. You can switch between four characters on the fly, which Sometimes is kind of... you need to. 
Like yeah. sometimes so far I haven't had the need to do that. Maybe I've only played for a couple of hours. Maybe at some point you do need to do that. Like I think you can just play pretty much any character and win right now, but it is a it's a fun little hack and slash, I think. And it, it does look pretty good. I'm a bit disappointed about the music. People are like, oh, well, it's classic Dragon Quest music. The thing is, I got into Dragon Quest with Dragon Quest Eight on PS2, where they had the full symphonic soundtrack, and yeah. it was mm, so good, like amazing music. But apparently every other Dragon Quest has kind of had shitty music, but people are used to that, and like the old school Dragon Quest fans are like, yeah, that's the way it should be. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> if the music was good, I would riot. Indeed. We need more wailing I assume Chinese guitars. We need more wailing Chinese guitars in any sure. game. Yeah. More shamisens. Yeah. Just wail. Also, also, we need more Jessica. We need Jessica more frequently in that game. <laughs> Jessica Best is character. in Heroes. I know she's yeah. a playable character in Heroes. Everybody has a crush on Jessica. Not yeah. enough. More Jessica. She was a great character in Eight. The interesting thing is that I originally turned off the English voice acting because the little healer slime called Helix who is in the tutorial, is the most annoying beast ever created. They got... I assume they got an eight-year-old girl to do the voice acting for him. And it's a bunch of slime puns. And it's terrible. Good. Yes. Good? You mean good? good. It's yes. all that. Like, good. anything yeah, they can associate yeah, 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 with slime yeah, yeah, yeah. or goo or sludge or anything... It's like, I want to kill you. I want to slaughter you. But after more, you get I out... need more examples. Another one. Um... Oh, God. Uh... I, I, hang on, let, let me see if I can bring up the tutorial. Dragon Quest Heroes tutorial. Blah, blah, Why do you do blah, this to us? Because there's a load of this. Why? Why does this person? This person actually has Spanish voice acting. This is that. That's Spanish subtitles. That's no fucking use. God damn it. The. Oh. Chat, we're talking about Jessica from Dragon Quest Eight. Jessica Albert. This is interesting. I, w I wonder if Jessica this has anything to do with, uh, the, with the streaming rules, because almost all of the Dragon Quest Heroes videos that are on YouTube are all either from Brazil or Spain. I, I wonder if that, that actually has Weird. anything to do with the way that they do the claims or whatever. I know that... Because huh. um, I, I, I was a little scared about even putting a video up of this game, because for those who don't know, Square Enix tried to implement... A, even in game, there's like a thing that says, oh, you can't stream this game. Like, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. Which is, I mean, they really don't have the right to tell you to do that, especially when you're reviewing or critiquing the game. But they're Japanese, so they're Japanese. You know, and you, you've seen how Nintendo's acted, you've seen how Capcom's acted in the past, you've seen how Konami has acted. Um, oh, I finally got it up here. So have a goo look at the action list. Is definitely one of them. Uh, boo. Yes. Let's see yeah. what else we've got here. Uh, eep. Slurp. Time to give the actions you just looked at in the in the menu a goo. It's mostly just goo. Goo rate. That was perfect. <laughs> Gooey. Ooze the attacks I told you about. You can goo Ooze it. Ooze the attacks. Ah, I love it. I want to kill this character. But as soon Ooh, as you're out of the tutorial, all the other voice acting is fucking great because... Dragon Quest, when they've done voice acting, they always use colloquial English accents and slang. Right. So everyone sounds really fucking great, with the exception oh, yeah. of that one character who I want to fucking murder. <laughs> so I, I put the English back on as soon as I got to the little town area, where because the, the armorer has always had this, all right, 
I'll sew you some armor. All right, yeah. Kind of, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, Yan, what What the fuck is yeah, the, the name? Yeah, the guy from Dragon Quest Eight. The, Dragon the Quest Eight, big dude? Yeah, began with ya, Yan. Oh, what the hell is his oh, name? Gosh. Uh, with the yellow spiky hat? Yes. Yeah, yellow hat. Yeah. Uh, damn. Why Why can't I remember his name? He got his own game. Shit. Uh, shit. What was his name? I'm literally looking this up now, too. And I I'm looking it up now, and I feel like an idiot for not knowing. Yangus. Yes. Yangus. Yeah. Yangus with a Cockney accent. Um, Jessica uh, with the awesome accent. Angelo had an awesome accent. Like, they, they all kind of... And there's, there's a lot of that in this game as well. Everyone has the really cool sort of English accent. With the exception of that one fucking slime that I want to murder. So it if it was English-accented slime puns, it would have been okay? Yes. Possibly. <laughs> the delivery's just not there. You've got to commit to the puns. Right. She never... She, they don't commit. You're so right. Yes. Gotta commit. I get it. You gotta commit. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I understand. I understand your problem with this now. Yeah. She didn't commit she enough. She didn't commit. To, didn't I mean, commit. That eight-year-old did not fully commit to the puns. That's my problem. Yep. But, I mean, so far it's all right. I'll never work in this industry again, eight-year-old. It's okay. Like it's a pretty kind of crappy port. It's basically you're getting the PS4 experience on the PC with no benefits. And apparently, some people are having problems running it on systems that really should run it a lot better than it does. I'm not having that problem. It's mostly just a kind of hack and slash with some RPG elements, but it's colorful and fun, and you get to summon slimes to aid you and shit, which is kind of neat. So I'll play some more of it. I'm not hating it. It's all right. I don't play a lot of Warriors games, though. Did Jesse, you played Hyrule Warriors, didn't you? Yes, I actually loved Hyrule Warriors. You loved Warriors. that? It was fun. Yeah, I that was a ton of fun. It's not a great game. I had a lot of fun with it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Warriors games are never great. They right. have, yes. No. They have never been great. No. They've but, never tried to be great. Yeah. In a weird like way, they're thoroughly entertaining. And I can't explain why I love them to death. I buy every single one and enjoy the hell out of them. And then I'm like, all right, well, I mean. If you if you ever take the time to find me on uh, Xbox or PlayStation, ninety percent of my achievements are associated with Warriors games. <laughs> like, I just I love them, and it's because I think because it's just real. You just shut your brain off and murder, and it's I need that sometimes. You're just like yeah. you know what? I ain't even gonna think. Let's just kill some people. Like it's great. It's great. I love those games. I've, so yeah, I've always been the guy that said. In principle, I like what Dynasty Warriors has to offer. It's just, in practice, I don't think it offers enough of that. There was a game called 99 Knights that came out on the 360. Mm. To me, that game encompassed what Warriors should have been. Like, it had a much, much larger moveset. It had much better character progression. And you could kill, like, thousands of dudes at once. Like, the perspective was sort of pseudo-top-down. And you, there, was, there were moves where you could literally destroy a thousand people. There were like 5,000 hit combos and shit like that. That was cool. I liked that a lot. But they, Warriors doesn't really seem to have enough of that for me. I think it might have been Dynasty Warriors 3. There was one that was like, I would consider it like the perfect Dynasty Warriors game where it had a, a ridiculous number of characters. Every single one of those characters had a storyline. Uh, all those storylines like had their own like you had so many things to do and it was one of those games that was it was just almost impossible to complete because there was so much and every time you went to a new story it unlocked more characters and I think that was three but ever since then they've they've cut it down slowly to where it's like now we want to have less characters and more story and like or bigger maps and and I remember that, 
Sorry, wasn't three like a huge jump from two as well? Because wasn't oh, well, two was oh. like super small, and then well, three Dynasty was Warriors just one huge. was like a fighting game. Dynasty Warriors right. one wasn't even the same style. Dynasty Warriors two was literally the first game I ever bought for PlayStation two. When I got my PlayStation two, there were no other games that came at launch that I wanted, and I was like, uh, I guess I'll get this so I have something to play. Hmm. And that shit, that's all I played for like I don't even know until the next PlayStation game came out. I was like, whatever. So I was it, played that nonstop. Was it Dynasty Warriors 3 that had the create a character first introduced? Because I loved it was that. Matter 4. Yeah, yeah. One of the, whichever one had like the create a character put in, I thought that was awesome. And then they and took then, it out of the next one, which was probably five. Yeah, and then five. they had, like... Maybe six? Like, it, it, it was either three or four was, like, the big one where everything you did changed the game. Like, even yeah. getting new characters changed the intro... And, like, like it was crazy. Like, so much about that game was, like, perfect. And you could – it was – you were constantly unlocking characters. And each character had their own weapons and movesets and, like, all these crazy things. And it was, like – there might have been, like, 60, 70 characters in that damn game. It was crazy. It was so insane. And then, they yeah, they were like, well, we went too crazy. No one liked that. I was like, I love that. <laughs> that was so great. It was so much stuff to do. And, yeah, ever since then, like, especially the last one, it was fun, but – 90% of the characters you unlocked and could only play in, like, not the story mode. Oh, you could only play okay. them and just, like, I can run around with these guys, but I want to, like, see their story because most of the characters have a badass story. Hashtag to me, Red Cliff. To me, in games like that, it seems like it's better to have a smaller cast of characters but flesh them all out more in terms of their moveset and their progression rather than having, like, I don't really want 100 characters if I'm probably only going to play about five of them. Especially if then the five that I want to play don't have enough to them. You know, I the thing is, I think it's probably because I love playing spectacle fighters. And I love, you know, games like Bayonetta and Devil May Cry and everything like that. And then I see the movesets of those games. And then I'm like, oh, so I've got like four combos maybe in these Warriors games. And I just get bored because there's like, I don't feel satisfied with murdering people if I can't pull off some amazing fucking super satisfying combo because the moveset is so limited. Well, they definitely changed that for the for the most recent one. I think maybe the one before that where they added, not only do you have your, like, XXXX and your XY and XXY and, like, all those different ones or, or whatever the different buttons are on your thing, but then they also added where you can pull a trigger and now you're, like, in super EX mode and then you can... That's just, in like, Heroes as well. Yeah, yeah. And you can run around and go freaking nuts and, like, crazy stuff happens. Plus, then you have your ultimate. Plus, then you have your... EX mode plus your ultimate, which is just like the world explodes. And yeah. so they, they're definitely, I think that's the path they're on because like three and four had a ridiculous number of characters. And now they hit eight and it's maybe, I think, like 15 total characters that you can wow. like. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I think it might be less than that. Where it's like the main storyline, you cycle between characters and that's like part of the story. And because right. there's three factions and now technically four, uh, they like cycle you through the characters, but you're only ever playing, I don't know, maybe 12, 13, 14 characters the entire time now. Well, before it was a ridiculous number. Like you played everybody, like the son of a son of a son of a guy is now a character you're playing. You're like, all right, I don't know who the fuck this is, but he looks cool. Yeah. Now they're, they've gotten rid of all that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, We'll see. It, yeah, someone in the chat did make a great point that with a larger cast, you do get more unique weapons. And like that is the one thing I have liked about Dynasty Warriors. They they turn almost everything into a weapon. The, yeah. there's, there's characters yeah. who are, there was a character who's like one of her moves. She's just a dancer, I think. And one of her moves is she just summons a swing out of nowhere and just murders a hundred people by swinging into them and all sorts of cool stuff like that. 
I'm kind of getting I'm getting a bit of vibe uh, from uh, Dragon Quest Heroes with that. Particularly, uh, you unlock very early on the king, um, and they call him the Royal Rumbler, because of course they fucking do. It's Dragon Quest. And he has this giant... I wouldn't even just call it a bow staff. It's kind of like a staff with a giant fucking weight on the end of it. And he just kind of swings around on it and does the sort of Neo thing and kicks 100 people like uh, like the Agent Smith fight scene. I'm like, that's the kind of stuff that's really satisfying to play. And then there's a character who just has a boomerang. I'm like, oh, okay. It's like, eh, eh. <laughs> like really? That okay? I'll go back to the staff guy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all right though. I, I, I'm, I'm getting on with it. I'm getting on with it. Yeah, it's I, I, I love the the franchise and just the Warriors games in general. They're always silly and they never take themselves too seriously. And even Hyrule Warriors, like. There was, it's fun, but it never was like, oh shit, this is super serious. Like even when you're running around, and suddenly like you have just a fairy queen basically like fondling herself as she like, <laughs> it's so weird, <laughs> it's so weird and silly, and it's like, what is happening right now, Link? What is going on? When the bad guy is just a re- like ridiculously overly sexualized, and then it's it's. Yeah, and then the fact that they give that a point, like they make that, like, well, here's why, and you're like, what is happening? Why is this game so silly? Yeah, I love that. No spoils, but there's a reason. It's crazy. The Warriors games are all very, very silly. Definitely, yeah. I would play the shit out of a Star Wars Warriors game. I think. Surprise! Oh, with a lightsaber. Yeah, I mean, the closest well, you get to that. It, for some reason, Lubu just shows up. Like, whoa, <laughs> Lubu, w- will there. you will you force choke Lubu? <laughs> like, yes, I will actually. <laughs> You can't do it. You can't do Lubu's it. Lubu's neck breaks your hands. <laughs> I definitely play a very stupid crossover game. I know they do Warriors of Ritchie, which is like a crossover between Samurai Warriors and Dynasty. I just go like, I just like to see it go full on with that. It's kind of what I hoped that stupid anime vic- victory stars, whatever, would be, and it ended the up not being that at stars. all. Yeah, uh, oh, I would. Yeah, that was so sad. I'd, I'd have loved that. It's like, hey, let's just have this giant crazy fucking crossover game where you beat up a bunch of dudes as your favorite characters and like that sounds so good bad. it turned out so bad I oh was that so, is yeah uh, it's so awful it's, it's just just dreadful yeah i'd i'd, I'd like to see that they All even right. let you play uh-huh. yeah yeah i know <laughs> you play so many cool characters I know. and i was like i can't fucking wait and then it was trash and then they, they they only give you like five from the start as well just to make it even worse like unlock all this shit no fuck you i don't like it no not okay with that. All right, shall we uh, take a break? Sounds like a good idea. When we come back, we're going to go game awards for the most part, unless we have any other games that we've been playing this week. Um, I do, but we can go into game awards. That's fine. We can, and also, we can, we'll I feel like you break. and I, well, I guess all of us except for Jesse have talked about games we've played. Uh, probably, what? yes. Oh, oh, literally all I played this week was more Witcher stuff, and no one, oh. I, I've already expressed my love for that game, Game of the Year. That's all I care about, so right. yeah. Fair enough. Right. Well, we'll go to the break. When we come back, we'll figure something out. Probably Game Awards, most likely. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Don't hey. go anywhere. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Yeah. Hi. Oh. Hello. Oh. Hello. Hello. Hey, so you guys remember when I tried to give away a copy of Sword Coast Legends and I completely failed? Yes, I do remember Uh, that. I found a solution, hopefully. Really? Yeah, so how about this time? Ba-bam! Right on there or so? There you go. First one to get that one in. There you go. This is for Steam. If you want a free copy of Sword Coast Legends, go ahead and put this code in. Yay! Best be quick. Best be quick. 
Hey. If you're watching the VOD, there is no way you're getting this. It's already yeah, gone. It's, gone. it's already gone. No doubt about that. Although you could try. Maybe no one did it. You should all yeah, go maybe try. Yeah, no maybe no one cared. Maybe no one cared. Maybe no one cared. Maybe you should try. It is possible. And, and visit their website. I'm trying to help you, bro. And visit their website <laughs> to find out more details. Sounds like a good idea. You want By the way, really I am not... looking meal? What? What? Doesn't this look like I'm eating something really creepy? <laughs> no, it looks like you're eating jello. Yeah, it does mostly just look like jello, really. Oh, but it's borscht. It's borscht without actual, like, borscht. It's just, all it is is beets. What? It's beets, Did carrots, you... onions, potatoes, and Did spices. you heat it up, or are you eating it cold? Of course I heated it up. I don't like cold borscht. I don't like cold soup at all. But I've I've just seen you. I just you know every once in a while I'll see you eat cold things and I'm like, why are you eating that? And you're like, it's it's good. Cold pizza is the best form of pizza. To be fair, no, well, yeah, no. Sorry, get a toaster oven and then tell me that cold pizza is good compared to toaster yeah, oven pizza. Toasterless. Toaster oven pizza often tastes better than it did when it first fucking came out of the oven. It's great. Love it. Nope, I want yep. it cold. Oh, that's I want all those flavors your... to have mingled for an entire night. Fuck coagulated cheese in particular. Blech. Oh, I don't get cheese on my pizza, so there's that. What? So basically you have... How is that, how is that a pizza, then, if it's got no cheese on it? What do you mean? She has sauce bread. She has, sauce, she has crazy bread. Dodger eats crazy bread with veggies on I it. I hate when people are like, if you don't have cheese on it, it's not pizza. Fuck yourself. Of so you basically have bruschetta, then. That sounds yeah. a bit... Yeah, you might as well just eat that. No, but that has cheese on it, too. But yeah, I guess it does. Basically, I don't know, I don't know yeah, what you eat. I don't Dodger know what you eat, but it's an abomination. All bitches. Yeah. You should all be eating tuna Only pizza like me. Only gets it on gluten-free bread, too. It's gross. I'm lactose intolerant. Do you want me to fart all over you? Because I will if I eat cheese. I'd rather I'd rather you eat cheese and fart honestly than be the lie that you're living. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Okay. Let's move, let's move swiftly on. Uh, any other games that people have been playing this week that they would love to talk about? No, I downloaded Probably I downloaded not. two games that I really want to play. I downloaded a game called Tempest. I want to check it out, but I haven't had a chance yet. It's like a pirate game. Okay. Like an online pirate game, which I'm totally down with. And right. then Blue Estate, which is like an on-rail shooter. Oh, Blue Estate everyone, is hilarious. Yeah. Everyone this week was like, you need to play that for Fan Friday. So I downloaded yeah, that. Yeah, you do. But yeah, that, I literally, I have not, I've only played stuff for the channel this week. So I unfortunately have nothing fun to talk about. Yeah, I, I started on Helldivers, but I've come rapidly to the conclusion that playing Helldivers solo is like playing Magicka solo, as in boring as fuck, and I should play with other people. It's just not even worth it. Yeah. Uh, I finally played the beginning of Chroma Squad, which I know you've played before. Yes, that, good game. That game's fun. Very fun, yep. Great mm -hmm. soundtrack on that game as well, and uh, some really, really cool little RPG aspects to it. Yeah. Also, nothing better than building your costumes out of fucking cardboard and getting stats for it. That's I love it. Yeah, it's it's a really cool little conceit for a game. Actually, I I enjoy Chroma Squad a great deal. It's definitely worth a play if you get a chance to. Mm. All right. Well, in that case, if we haven't played anything else, we should probably move on to our main topic of the day, which is the Game Awards. The uh... oh, they happened. They did. they did. They certainly did. They Those are things that happened, yes. The, the second annual Game Awards brought to you by Jeff Keighley. And many interesting things happened at the Game Awards, including, of course, the reason as to why we opened up in song at the start of this show. Fuck Konami. For those who do not know, Hideo Kojima could not be at the Game Awards to accept one of the awards that Metal Gear Solid won 
because of legal action from Konami. Konami basically said that you could not attend. Literally, they got lawyers to tell him, don't go. Don't, so... Don't accept your award. Yeah, so they got called out on that in a big way, and they got booed by the entire audience. I'm so glad that they got called out on it, too. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Jeff Keighley needed some cool guy points, and that, yeah. that worked in his favor. That's what it I worked, man. Like, it worked. Like, you can't... Like, you can talk as much shit as you want about him being the Pope of Doritos and Mountain mm-hmm. Dew, but he still, like, he still won a lot of cred just by speaking truth, so I can't hate on him. I can't hate... A, a, a Dorito Pope would have hid that shit. I feel like this guy has dropped his, his cloth of, of Dorito. That was also in 2012, and people should probably get over it at this point. I mean. Yeah, un- unfortunately for him, he was, like, the first salvo in the, like... We are going to make sure everything's on the up and up, like wars, and yeah. like he. Yeah, I, I don't think he was like. I think I think it was just. I mean, really, I think the the first person involved in that was probably Jeff Gersman with uh, the Kane and Lynch thing. Oh but yeah. I think the Doritos Pope thing got around more because it's funnier and it's more mimetic, yeah. and as a result, people remember that more than the legitimate horrible conflict of interest that happened with Gamespot and all that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, back then, obviously, it was it was a a really bad example of just like how shitty the kind of games marketing crossover with real products had got, and it was it was such a what? joke. I mean, and it's still such a joke, like the whole Doritos and Mountain Dew thing when it comes to video games. The fact that that actually happened just still happens. Yeah, it, it, it still does. Yeah, absolutely. I Even mean, though it like is a my walking joke. Delicious- Rockstar Mad Max Game Edition drink. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. What is it with fucking energy drinks in video games? Because, like, I'm gonna be honest, video games do not take a lot of fucking work. You do not need energy drinks <laughs> for that. Gotta stay up all night, power through, bro. Gotta stay up all night, bro. Gotta stay up all night, bro. I can't bro. go to bed, bro. Gotta grind out, bro. Yeah, bro. Gotta grind out. Gotta drink my Mad Max Mountain Dew or. Drink verification, can to continue. No. No. It's. Actually, yeah, there was a Rockstar Energy thing with Mad Max. Um, It was a little optional piece of DLC you could get that actually had the Rockstar logo on it. Thankfully, that was not a default part of the game, so I wasn't too worried about that, but Jesus. So, that was pretty ridiculous. Speaking of sponsorship, does anyone have any idea what fucking Go90 is? Because I don't. After watching that entire fucking show. (laughs) Yeah. Dodger and I are aware. I mean, do you actually care, or...? What is Go90, and why were they trying to sell it to me every five minutes? I, apparently, they got some big investors if they're trying to drive that Go hard to advertise themselves. It's basically Verizon. Yeah, it's Verizon's video app. It's a new video on demand app, free app for your phones, where you can instantly watch your YouTube's and your I don't know. Well, I mean, I hope it's not just to watch YouTube because I can already no, fucking so, do that. So it's like other shit too. Go90's like spin is there's a lot of like content on there. Uh, and the way, like, you can basically, like, cut clips out of the content and, like, send it to friends and then, like, mix Why your own I cut. Why would I want to do that? Like, I, who knows? Who knows? Who who knows? But Dodger and I have a show on there, so that's all that matters. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we do have a show on there. So you got paid. Okay, good Good to know. Am I the only person yeah. that didn't get paid by Go90? <laughs> Am I missing something? I didn't. Okay, directly. good to know. Yeah. Yet. Yet. Yes. Go 90 oh. if you're watching. <laughs> also, how much do you really fucking love Star Wars Battlefront? Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I love 
loved the diplomatic way people responded to those questions. Like <laughs> Cliffy B oh dodged it Cliffy so B well. Amazing. The yes. art's fantastic. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, it's amazing graphics. It's like, no, Cli I know for a fact Cliffy B, you would not tell me that this is a good shooter because you know it isn't. You yeah, know it's yeah. not. You make good was, shooters, and this is not one of one them. One dude, the it was one of the singers or something. He's like, this. She's like, I just he was like, is this game awesome? And he's just like, yeah. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's great. Yeah, like, it was, it was <laughs> there was a guy off screen with a taser, like, you, you know, <laughs> tell us it's amazing. Yeah. Yep. That was yeah. really weird. Also, I will not believe, I refuse to believe that I, Justine, was actually going to cry as a result of getting a plastic Disney Infinity toy. That seems unlikely. Uh, I don't know, it seemed real. As if she wasn't just standing off to the side holding it in eyesight, just yes, yeah, waiting for yeah. this cue. To hand it over. It's like, you Look, got the first I, one of these ever. Like, okay. I understand, and this this is really to Jeff. I understand that in order to get the show done, you had to do some things you were uncomfortable with. I yeah. get it. I get that's how it works. In order to make the show happen, yeah. you had to do things. You had to, you know, cross a few lines that, that, God bless you, man. You did things that I would never have done. But the Justine thing, I was like, I don't know why you're there, dear. I don't know what mm -hmm. role you play in the gaming industry. I don't know what you do right now. But she played Portal there's, once. There's very, a very million badly. people she did. I who that. have more gamer cred than she does who could I mean, sit there with a microphone. She's, she's okay with a present. Like, I mean, she's, she's a decent presenter. I don't have any problems with her as a presenter, really. I mean, I, the I, connection I, to the games industry is definitely questionable. Yeah, unfortunately... Oh, Everyone that watches doesn't care about how good of a presenter she is. Yeah. People don't know, is she a gamer or not? And the thing is, like, it's such a silly argument because, like, this, this show is very commercial. It's always been very commercial. And I don't think, like, going into it saying, yeah, you know, we need to make sure the gamer credit of the show is on the up and up for a show that is that commercial really makes any yeah. sense. Because you know they're going to compromise in a big way. And they, you know, they did this time as well in ways actually that I was not so happy with. Like they cut the length of the show down, like by an hour. It didn't feel like it. No, it didn't. <laughs> it's like you cut the length of the show down by an hour. And yet like you had probably just as many music acts and wasting of time. You know, and a complete fizzle out of a music act. To oh, end can we stop putting Dead Mouse on at the end of shows? It's not the right style of music for that. Can we it's stop not putting Dead Mouse in shows? I, mean, I, I don't. He, I'm not. He streams though, bro. He's he's part of the. Yeah, he, he tried to stream Dota for about ten minutes. Then rage quit. It was great. He had no idea what he was doing. But right. I have no problem with Dead Mouse as an artist. That's cool. I'm not really big into his music, but I'm a metalhead. Why the fuck would I be? The problem is his music is very very slow paced. It's often very lengthy. It's not good send off music. Like they did it at the end of TI Five, the International Five, super hype. EG1, everyone's fucking hyped, and now Dead Mouse, and then the crowd just dies because <laughs> it's just like, all right, there's going to be a six-minute build-up here. Yep, still going. Just going to that beat to drop. Here it yep. comes. The beat will never drop because it's Dead Mouse. Dead Mouse doesn't drop the beat. Dead Mouse is not fucking dubstep, and anyone that believes wow. Dead Mouse is dubstep is a fucking idiot. He's, he's so he's so anticlimactic. Like he, I, I said on Twitter, he's not a finale send-off to a show, he's the funeral dirge that watches it die, you know? That's what his music yeah. is, and it's just not in any way the right choice for the end of a show. I don't, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think Didn't Imagine Dragons itself... close last year, and it was really good, if I recall correctly? I, I was I say yes. Yeah, I think they did. 
the thing, the, but but you have to understand, it's an award show, and all awards show are cringy, are cringy as fuck. Like mm-hmm. there is no award show where you're gonna walk away from and be like, that was a classy affair. They're all super, <laughs> even like, even the Oscars super, is bad, you know, oh, and they've been at that for ages. And super yeah. like pat ourselves in the backy, and like there's like there's a very very few times where it was it, like it felt like it was real honest. Um, oh god, uh, uh. My brain just died. Um, oh god! I mean, the fucking army bit was pretty fucking honest. <laughs> oh my! Who? Uh, like Greg Miller. Sorry, oh, Greg I had Miller. A yeah, Greg, Greg Miller's had, speech like, highlight of the evening. Honest moment. Yeah, like yeah. that yeah. was a legit, so real moment. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And, Absolutely. But, but it's an award show, and so ninety-nine percent of the time, you're not going to have those moments, and it's going to be a lot of like, "Hey, cool, thanks. Here's another sellout moment, or here's some videos that we want to show you." And especially one where in order to get it on, again, you know, going back to Jeff, like in order to make this happen, you have to like, yeah, all right, we'll promote your your shit and do this and this and this. I get that. And it's an award show, so you can't expect anything. I think the key that you should expect is um like the games that they that they show uh as the winners of different things to actually be like good games. And a few a few of the winners, people are just like, What the fuck? Why'd you win? There, um, there was definitely a was bit of Undertale got robbed there, I think. like I, I said this on Twitter, and I was kind of deadly serious about it. it the, the problem really is that the way that they designed the categories. Uh, for Absolutely. instance, mm-hmm. best independent game, yeah? So indie game. Yeah. The sheer, like, running the gamut between Undertale, which was developed by one guy, and also Her Story, which was developed by a very, very small team and a very low budget, and then yep. Ori and the Blind Forest and Rocket League. Those games might as well not be indie. I mean, for one thing, Ori and the Blind Forest was acquired by Microsoft Game Studios, had a publisher, therefore was not an indie game. It was published by Microsoft. It's not an indie game. It shouldn't have even been in there. You know? And Rocket League, the amount of budget behind Rocket League compared to the amount of budget behind Her Story and Undertale, it seems like they shouldn't have even been in the same category. Indie is not a category. Indie is a business model. It's a fact of development, it's not a category that things should be in. A lot of people just associate indie game with downloadable game. Yes. Like yeah. if, it's, uh, if it's on a marketplace, if it's on Steam, or you can only get it through downloading it, well, that's an indie game. And that's certainly not the case. Well, yeah. and I things mean, you can download everything now. So it's, that's, yeah. there used to be a case of where you could do, oh, best like Xbox Live Arcade game. That used to be a thing. But now, pretty much everything's digital anyway. So... It's, you know, what category would you even use for this? Like best, best independent game is a shitty category. And, and it's interesting that when you look at best indie game, it's unfortunate that all the games they listed, Axiom Verge, Her Story, Or in the Blind Forest, Rocket League Undertale, are all phenomenal games for phenomenally different, different reasons. Different reasons, exactly. Yeah. You, That's yeah. the thing. Comparing them to each other is impossible. Like, it's an impossible... Like, if you were to compare certain aspects of Ori and the Blind Forest to Rocket League, it would blow it away. Like, and it's, I don't know. I would love to sit down with, like, I know a few of the people, I'm sure we all do, who were the panelists who judged this stuff. I'd love to know the reasoning because in my mind, I feel like Rocket League won a lot because Rocket League was popular on, like, it was just a pop, it was like a game It's a popular game. Played. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it was a big Twitch game. It was a huge, and it was a game that, that had a lot of hype behind it because so many people played it. And it was so wacky and so fun. Um, I still don't know that that makes it a better game than some of the other ones up there. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, 
I, I, I would, even though I'm not a huge fan of Undertale, I feel like it's, like, influence in the indie world, like, puts it ahead of Rocket League. Like, I think Undertale like, is going to actually have a cultural impact or a development impact on future games, mate. Right. You like, know? like, there's so much more to it. And, and I love her story. And I think her story is, like, a phenomenally cool concept. Is it a well-put-together game? Not necessarily. It's not really a game. You're just sort of, it's an experience, right? Like, or in the Blind Forest is moving as shit. It's beautiful. Like, there's so many things. I don't know, but I feel like... But it's also an indie category, game. It's published yeah. by Microsoft. It's not an indie game. <laughs> I feel like in that category, Undertale is probably the best one there. Um, but, you know, Rocket League walked away with a lot of awards that I was like, I don't I don't know that I'd ever just award Rocket League. Like, I, I don't know. I, whatever. I have a lot of issues with how much Rocket League won. Not a Same. fan of that. Same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't like Rocket League. I've been very clear about it because, and it's obvious why, because I don't like football. Like, I, I think, I don't like playing football in real life, and I certainly don't like playing it on a computer. Playing it with a car doesn't make football any more interesting to me. It's still hitting a fucking ball into a goal. I've never cared about that. Rocket League didn't make that any more interesting to me. So I personally like, despise it. But it's, I think it just, the whole thing makes it clear that the award shows kind of have two problems. One, the categories are very odd and they're not well defined. And secondly, they never explain why something won. It's you know the they game awards. Do, yeah. The game awards last year was actually why I created the arbitrary awards because of all of the <laughs> because of all of the criticism of of that. Because I I thought to myself, what is the point of an award show if you don't explain why something won? Or why something was even nominated. What's the point in just listing them off and saying this one? Like, why did Rocket League win? I don't know. Because they never told me. I, I have no insight into what any of this advisory board said. So this, this nomination is meaningless. Do I would love to know get why. Do we that at an awards show? Do we ever get, like, an explanation for why? You do on the Arbitrary wins? Awards, which is why you should watch the Arbitrary Awards this year. Because it's way better. I'm just saying it's not something that anybody expects to have them say, this game won because of this, 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 and I this. I feel like right? there, are, there are definitely some award shows. I would love to I feel like I, there's I, some I, award shows that do try I, and actually like explain a bit why I it's there. I want to say they've but done most, that before. But most don't. Most yes. go out of their way not to, so they don't have to explain how insanely arbitrary some of the voting is. Yeah, but I mean, to me, then, that has no meaning. Now, if I don't the know why something won... Meaning. They never have meaning. It's just a nice, like, it's the end of the year. Here's something awesome you made. Here, take this. It, it's, it's something to, like, I put in a lot of work. I like accolades. Like, that's all it is. That's all it ever will be. It's, it, it's, yeah. But they're pointless. Award shows are pointless. As, as people pointed out, like, Gi Giant Bomb does a lot of, like, end of the year stuff, and they have a ton of content around deciding. I mean, they, they actually show, um, they do videos of the debate of them, like, deciding. Like, and so you actually know all the thought process behind it. And that to me is like, that's why it's interesting. This, like, the, the Game Awards, like, to me is not an interesting show for the most part because of that lack of context. It's just a kind of boo when you didn't like the decision and cheer when you did. I feel there was yeah. a lot of that going on. There was a lot of, if Witcher 3 doesn't win Game of the Year, we riot kind of attitude. Well... That he did. <laughs> well, to be fair. <laughs> well, that. Well, to be fair, that was me. Yeah. It. Uh, which no, I right. get. I just, without 
Without context, it really is just a popularity contest, which is probably why Rocket League won so many of the categories that it did. Probably. Probably but a like, lot to do that. I don't know. But I'd also, I mean, were there, were there, were, okay, so speaking of Witcher 3, if, it, if they didn't win, were there any categories that you were upset by? Uh, or like something was stolen from? Well, I mean, well, I, outside of independent game, hmm. Because I would love to know why Lara Croft Go beat out Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate for oh, best handheld game. Oh, yeah, no, I'm game. with you on that. With the, Wh the, why are they uh, even in the yeah, same yeah. category? What? Like, what, can you explain? Yeah, mobile and handheld games are so uh, completely different. Completely different. Yeah. Why the fuck is Fallout Shelter in there? It's barely even a game. Yeah, that, that yeah, category Fallout is Shelter, a joke. Pac-Man 256, those are all mobile games completely different from handheld games. Yeah, yep. and, and honestly, like... Handheld game is basically best 3DS game, but still... Yeah, if, it, if, if Go is is like essentially just a like little better infinite runner. No, you're not thinking of the same game at all. No, you're, am I not? No, Girl's you're different. not at all. Uh, Mo Lara Croft Go is the kind of successor to Hitman Go, which was a puzzle game, and Hitman oh, Go yeah, is mind. very very yeah, good, and Lara Croft Go is also very very good. And if this was best mobile game, I would have probably agreed with that because. Lara Croft Go probably was the best mobile game to come out this year. Was it the best handheld game? Well, fuck no. I mean, there's shitloads of much better games that came out on the 3DS than that. Oh, Lara Croft Infinite Runner. Now I'm looking that up. Yeah, the, the Infinite Runner shit. Don't worry about that. Lara Croft Go is actually a really good game. But putting them both in the same category is nonsense. Yeah. Absolute nonsense. That one bothered me. Relic Run is the name of that one. Relic Run. <laughs> I also have a I have a few issues with the soundtrack category and it's actually like affecting kind of how I'm doing my soundtrack category this year because I feel like there's a difference between a score and a soundtrack and there's a difference between an original yes. soundtrack and we Agreed. got a we got the man who stole the world in here so we win Phantom, yeah, no, the problem, I, I guess, with a lot of modern games is a bit of a mix of that. You know, Phantom Pain wins best score and soundtrack. There is of course some original music in that which is good, but then there's also some music which is not original. I wonder if you've got to try and separate the two. Because it's like I having Grand say, Theft Auto V win Best Soundtrack. It's like, well, it's all licensed. Yeah, I would say I would associate any music with Phantom Pain would be like licensed tracks. Mm -hmm. Like rather than their original scores. Yeah. Like Man Who Sold the World. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess like the most I could think of is maybe like Quiet's theme, which he also did a performance of at the show. Like, right. That's a strong piece not, of music. Not a brilliant performance, I have to say. Uh, I didn't so either i'm glad no. i'm not the only one <laughs> i was like uh oh. i'm kind of glad it ended when it did uh there's the singing was not brilliant on that unfortunately yeah although i i, I like the uh i certainly like the the thought behind it you know kind of a little tribute to kojima that's cool but mm -hmm. it was not exactly executed that well i wonder how last minute it was actually probably quite last minute as a result of the uh the lawyer thing but yeah Metal Gear Solid five when i think of like their best song it's man of the world the nuclear basically all of their trailer music that's yeah. also in the game which yeah, also has a bunch of licensed music that you can find in the game so was that part of the soundtrack or it's always going to be a weird category when you're dealing with that fact because yeah. i i always appreciate when a, a game has a soundtrack that was composed for it specifically for it and ended up being really good and fit the game very very well because it, mostly because i think that game composers and people that make music games don't get anywhere near enough fucking credit a lot of video game music is just really really genuinely great and mm -hmm. it needs a lot more recognition so i think it, w it would definitely be nice if they were a bit more specific about that even I've, a lot of people love the undertale 
soundtrack. I, it's good. I keep I keep just not saying anything because I don't want to be that guy who's like Undertale should have won fucking everything. It's an amazing game. But oh. like Undertale has the, the best soundtrack I've heard in a long time. So <laughs> that the score soundtrack category seemed very aimed at AAA and stuff that's very popular because yeah. when I was coming up with my list for arbitrary this year, I have none of these games on it. Like, there's a lot of other really great games that have really great soundtracks that they completely ignored, I guess, probably because they're not that popular. Undertale is definitely one of them. Undertale has some amazing music in it. It's got some great themes. Stuff that's stuff that reminds me of things that will be remembered years and years on as being iconic. You know, like, I'm talking like Bloody Tears level of good. You know, Man with the Machine Gun levels of good. Green Hill Zone chemical plant levels of good. Stuff that just becomes timeless at that point. Whereas I don't think... N there's nothing in here at all in that category that will be remembered in a few years. No one's going to fucking remember any of this music. Also, Hotline Miami 2 came out this year and they didn't even fucking mention that, so good. Yep. I, I don't know. I think... I, I would love to know what the nomination process was versus mm. what the... Because once you see... Once you see what the... Uh, choices are it's it, you can kind of figure out all right well this is what they thought about this and this and this but the nomination process there were so many games that came out this year that were phenomenal and i'd love to know what their like overall thought process was on narrowing it down because you're right a lot of it's triple a and a lot of it are ones you're like all right we kind of thought that was going to be there of course we we're going to see fallout and we we're going to see uh metal gear solid 5 and we we're going to see witcher but like i want to know what they're like I, I just i love knowing stuff like this i want to know the background <clears throat> well why they did what one they great did. category for kind of arbitrary bullshit i guess is games for change now if i recall last year they had a, a similar category was it the same category uh yeah they had games for change last year as well and they what didn't really what is games i don't remember that. They, they don't well. explain at all what games for change is now last year valiant hearts won it now, in the category last year, we had Valiant Hearts, Mountain, Never Alone, Last of Us, Left Behind, and This War of Mine. And you think, well, you know, kind of what ties these things together? And there's not a great deal that does. I mean, yeah. I, you know, two of those games have a very interesting take on war. Uh, get a take that's not really done a lot in video games, Valiant Hearts and This War of Mine. Last of Us Left Behind seems to have only been nominated because it had a female protagonist... Never Alone seems to have been nominated because of its cultural um, impact and the fact that it was a game based on Inuit culture, which is often not covered. And Mountain, which isn't a video game, was nominated for fuck knows what reason. The only I, thing I could think very of is arbitrary. maybe for diversity reasons or something. Well, the last of us left I mean, this, this year I think like, it's oh, blindingly obvious that it was for diversity reasons. Yeah, because every like single game in Games for Change this year had a female protagonist or i guess in undertale you could probably call it a very sort of gender gender neutral protagonist well the i mean it's it's games for impact this year so i imagine they're trying to like some really? sort of call uh, yeah it says really it's, it says on it says on wikipedia it's still called games for change is that wrong it says on the website games for impact on here it that's an even weirder one because can you say that Life is Strange has had any real impact on anything? And that's what I was going to say. Out of yeah. all these games, like, her well, story, I loved her story in that it was like a game where you made the story. Like, as you were putting it together, like, it was a really well, like, creative idea. 
where you're like scanning through police footage and you're like as you play it's like oh shit like, apparently they that. changed the name at the last minute because there was some bullshit on tumblr and twitter complaining so that's well, probably they why. should out of all the, all the games listed i think life is strange had the least impact yeah i don't think well, life is- if we're if Go we're ahead. looking at this award as like it represented something that doesn't always get represented in life is strange you could wind up with a lesbian ending um, Undertale had both lesbian and gay relationships yep. and a transition story. Like mm-hmm. it covered a lot of things. Like if 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 that's more what they're trying to focus on is like diversity in a large scope, then it it makes sense. But but I think they need to be clear about what that category is. Because I mean, me too. If you look at it last year, you've got a weird situation where Dragon Age Inquisition wins Game of the Year, which is nonsense. And then Dragon Age <laughs> Inquisition is not in Games for Change, yet uh, you know, Bioware is kind of classic when it comes to having diversity almost to a fault. You know, that, that Dragon Age Inquisition also having a, a transition story in it, also having uh, gay, bisexual, lesbian relationships, all that sort of thing in it. That's not even mentioned that category. I, I just want to know what the category is supposed to be. I mean, Sunset in games for change sunset had no impact on anything you know sunset barely sold sunset is an unbelievably dull experience the only impact sunset had was a few articles complaining they didn't sell very well and tale of tales throwing a fucking wobbly when it didn't do that and then saying we don't like video games anymore fuck you i don't see what impact this game made on anything I think Undertale is going to have a genuine impact on the way indie games are developed and thought about over the next few years. Life is Strange probably will not, although I will say that it's definitely evolved the whole uh, very narratively focused genre, which has been dominated by Telltale games for the last few years. I definitely think that it's good that that's happened. But but again, it's, it's just a very weird category that doesn't really seem to make a huge degree of sense. I agree. Yes. You know, I mean, I think if you want if you want to make a, an award that is about uh, representation of groups or ideas or that don't get represented as much as perhaps they should in games, then just be honest about what that is. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't I mind don't that. I really don't mind that. You know, I mean, you can have awards for fucking anything. Like I say, you, you can be arbitrary as you want. If you want to <laughs> do an award for, rep- for representation of underrepresented groups or whatever, go for it. But be just call it that. Don't be don't be weird. Don't say games for impact or games for change because that just you're not committing to you're not committing to the idea. Like, what have you achieved by having that category? Nothing. I still, I st- I'm still not even convinced that that's what it is. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. That's the problem. I mean, is it a coincidence that every single game in there again has a female protagonist? But then again, you compare it to last year where that wasn't the case at all. I'm like, so I don't know what this category is. I just don't know what it is. Like, I imagine impact is referring to like, I don't know, like a gaming culture impact. I have no clue what it means, honestly. I, I don't think Life is Strange had really any impact on uh, gaming so, yeah, culture. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Gaming culture wise, Life is Strange really didn't. Sunset definitely didn't. Sybil certainly didn't. Her story and Undertale may have. Because I think uh, both her story and Undertale do a good job of making you... Think a little bit differently about what games can be. A lot of people complain that her story is like, oh, it's not a game. It really is. Like, it very much is. It's a mystery. It's a detective mystery. You're solving a mystery. That's, right, but, that but, is but, a game. But, <laughs> but, you don't, but you don't actually solve it in the game, I think is what people are saying. 
Like there True. is no like I I click to win button because now I piece the pieces together. It's like you saw. There's no like win state. Yeah, it's an experience. Like you're playing it. It's and it's yeah. By the time you're done, you're like, holy shit. That's still a awesome. challenge though. We could argue yeah, yeah, the same yeah. thing for Journey or most of the Telltale games. I think I think with um Journey, you've definitely like got a you've got a solid ending to Journey. I think with uh, her story, a lot of people don't seem to maybe understand that, like, in order to get right. access to the rest of the content in the game, you've got to actually work for it. Uh, I think that's that's a defining point of what a game is and what is not. Like, that there's something obstructs your progress in some way. And her story <laughs> is usually about, oh, well, I've got to find the right keywords to get the next piece of footage and all that kind of thing and tie this all together. And obviously a lot of it you're doing in your head. But, I mean, it's still a game. It's still It's a mystery it's still something you've got to work to solve. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's a, it's a weird category and they probably should maybe change that category and figure out what it's supposed to be. I think it's kind of my conclusion on that. Uh, best narrative, her story wins that. I have no problem with that. Same. Neither do I. I think I like uh, it's one of those games where it was all narrative driven and the narrative yeah. is you piecing stuff together to find... Like, you're involved in the narrative. It reminds me of that book that came out um, two, three years ago that was uh, a J.J. Abrams book where it was like – it was three books in one where it was the main book. It was called like S or something like that. But it's a main book and then written the sidelines is one dude's scribblings and then there's a third person writing. So like you're reading the book three times to get the complete story because there's like a whole other mystery involved. It was like legit really cool and I love that concept here where it's like – you're, as you dig in, you keep digging into the way this her story works, and eventually, like, oh shit, I think I get it, and then it's like, oh shit, what? Like, it's and the only way you find those things is because you piece together stuff. You have to write things down, like, oh, so in this video she said a name, so I'm gonna write that name down. Now I'm gonna search for that name. Okay, oh, in this video she said this. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna search for this, and so it's it's super engaging and super interactive, and I love that about that game. Yeah, I need to get around to sitting down with Jen and playing it because for me that game would probably be super frustrating because I'm very bad at like picking up on details. Jen's good at it, so I want to sit down and figure that out with her. So that is still a game on my list that I actually want to finish. But I think that you know it winning over Life is Strange is definitely fair. I mean, Life is Strange had a decent narrative. It certainly had some weird points. Tales of the Borderlands was a really well written game. Give him credit for that. Wild Apparently that's like the best Telltale game. And it is. It actually it. is. Like, and you wouldn't expect it to be. It's legit good. I, I got back to playing a couple more episodes of it. Because I, I played the first episode, as I usually do with Telltale games. Get my assessment. And then usually I come back at the end of a series if I care enough. Borderlands is like, the humor's good. The setting's cool. Unexpected things happen. This is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Border- Tales from Borderlands is good. I like it. Uh, what else is there? Un- Until Dawn. Yeah, I mean... Until Dawn's narrative was a, a 90s slasher film. It was okay. Know? Which is what I wanted out of that game, but I certainly wouldn't call it a fucking tour de force of storytelling. It's not. Yeah, yeah if, if, I, if I had to go full nitpick on Until Dawn, I would come at it from the story-wise example that Until Dawn set up the game at the beginning saying this is like some butterfly effect shit where every choice you do has a consequence. In reality, but it's all like 90% false choice. The yeah. vast majority of the choices you make don't matter. It's only a few key ones that really matter that change things later on. So it's like, uh, all right. That's a lot of games. I mean, really, yeah. you've got to bear in mind the, the, the problems behind develop, developing a game where you don't see the vast majority of the content in a playthrough. And a lot of companies are say, you know, will say, well, we can't afford this. Like, 
if we develop 20 hours of content yet a playthrough only takes four, then we have people turning around and saying this game's too fucking short. And we have right. people that, you know, we spent money developing content that people never saw. And every time you have a real branch, you've got to think, well, okay, half of this content now I'm not going to get to see. And which is why a lot of these games end up like they're, they're wide in the middle and they're narrow at the end. You know, a game starts like this, it goes here, and then it narrows off at the end. Because you can't really necessarily have games that have truly a different choices that impact the rest of the game in a real way. So a lot of it is very cosmetic. Like, oh, I, okay, well, this character isn't here anymore, or this character now has a scar on their face for the rest of the game, and all that sort of thing. Those are the choices which are easy to implement in terms of development. Real choices, right. that's some hard shit. Until Dawn actually has a scar mechanic, I don't want to spoil anything, but said scar actually influences thing, which is it's really cool. Like, Until Dawn is a great game. Like, I can't yes. not say yeah. enough good things about it. I enjoyed uh, Until Dawn. Like, Until Dawn's, like, I think all the games there, narrative-wise, deserve to be there, but there are other narrative games that I would like to know why they weren't included. Like that again. I would just love to to know the why of behind the scenes. In this what what is missing show. from that narrative category? Do you think that that should have been there? Dodger. Dodger's missing from the category. Dodger, I'm this missing. Is, Dodger, this is when you say. Jesse. Hold on, I've got this. I've got this. Undertale. Thank you, Dodger. Yeah. <laughs> would you put Undertale in narrative? I would. Maybe. That's the only part that I liked about that game. Okay. I thought the rest of it was garbage. But I like the narrative. <laughs> I like the story. I like the, the experience of it. I don't... Mm, I don't know. I don't feel like the... the I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how to put this. But Try. I'm, huh? Try. Like, I, I don't think that... The, the story, I don't think, was anything new. It was the way that the game acted out the story. and well, the that's, But that's her story. Her story's not a new story. It's the way yeah. you experience the story, and that's how I feel about Undertale. Does I, it... I, I like the experience of Undertale storytelling. I didn't like the gameplay at all. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan. I but think... I... Go, go ahead, Dodger. But Undertale is like linear up to a point. Whereas her story is is never linear, and that's the the point of its narrative through line, right? Like, yeah, yeah. narrative is an interesting term when you refer to video games, because you, know, you you could have a, a book, you know, you could have a, a award for books, which is like best sci fi storyline, and people would know exactly what that meant. When you talk about narrative in video games, you've got to wonder, well, okay, is this just the script writing? Is this the way that the lines are delivered is you know narrative has a lot to do with cutscenes, but also with games it has a lot to do with the interaction so you know how do you define what the best narrative is in an interactive medium where you can ultimately change what happens that's a that's an interesting concept to me that i've liked a lot and i think that the reason why i like undertale and also is the same reason that i like brothers is because those are two games that understand that delivering the narrative to the player is best done through gameplay. And that's that's yeah. where games are always the strongest. And Undertale has quite a lot of that in it. And Brothers has a lot of that in it as well. Does Brothers have the best story? No! 
No, it's cliched as fuck. But that's not the category. Yeah, you're right. That's not the category, though. Story is different from narrative. Yes. Narrative mm-hmm. is the delivery of the story. Yeah, and, and so, it's the yeah. delivery, generally speaking, through the way that the game works. Yeah, and I, I think that that Undertale, the way it delivers that that like kind of story that that like all right yeah i've seen this before but the way it delivers it is 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 really cute <coughs> and fun and i kind of like that and mm-hmm. you know her her story it's not really like it, it's basically a law and order svu episode but delivered in like a really creative fun way and you're like oh shit i mean i i haven't played tales from borderlands but everyone says that that's a ton of fun i imagine the story is like it's you it's know, delivered in exactly the same way as every other telltale game yeah you know, like, like, as in I, meaningless choices and pretty well-written dialogue, for the most part. I mean, Witcher is a, a fantasy story, with a lot of things you've seen before in fantasy. In fact, mm-hmm. it even talks about that. Like, oh yeah, no, this is a fan. It's just delivered in a really fun way. And so, like... And Witcher's a weird one as well, because you can literally just go off the beaten track for like 20 fucking hours and not have the main storyline told to you, but you're still experiencing the narrative of the overall world through the side quests mm-hmm. and what you experience. Yeah, it's yeah. I think I think, every, yeah, all these things that are there deserve to be there for for fun reasons because they're the narrative's told in really creative ways. I think that if there was a category called story, this would be an entirely different. Like, yeah. a lot of these things on here shouldn't wouldn't shouldn't be here. Like, her story shouldn't be in the story category. It wouldn't be in the story. Yeah, because the story kind of sucks. But yeah. the way that you piece the story together is how the narrative become is delivered. Uh, it's yep. the same reason why. I don't care how good a story you maybe think Dear Esther has, the way that it delivers the story is so fucking awful that I could never appreciate that fact. Whereas Stanley Parable also kind of has a pretty shitty story, but the way it delivers it is good, you know? So as a result, the narrative is more engaging because of the connection between what you're doing in the game and what the game is telling you. And and and, uh, just a more recent version of my life is Soma is... I think a really cool story. I think it's delivered as shit. I, mm. I do not enjoy the delivery of the story, but I love the concepts in it. I think the concepts in Soma is totally legit. I'm like, this is cool. This gets you thinking. I hate how it's delivered. I'm yeah. not a fan of, of the delivery of it, but whatever, you know. It's, it's a genuine challenge with games when it comes to delivering narrative because the narrative often conflicts with the gameplay. It conflicts with the character development, especially when so many games are designed around a lot of violence. It's difficult to have real character development when you're slaughtering thousands of fucking people because what that would do to somebody in real life it conflicts completely with the way that the character is acting. You know, ludonarrative dissonance is an issue. It's maybe, I think, one of the biggest challenges with video games is to be able to deliver a cohesive narrative while still giving players freedom and also giving players enjoyable deep game mechanics to, to play with. Especially considering a lot of players just want to ignore all the story entirely. And choosing a tone, too. If you tell it well, mm-hmm. people will be engaged and yeah. care about your story, even if it's like a story they've heard before yes. or seen before. If it's told well and done differently, narrative's super important. I'm actually, this is one of the categories, I'm, I, I like this better than, like, best script or best story. Because this actually is a creative category, and I'm okay with that. I'm down with the best narrative category. I think that's, I think that's legit. Cool. So they did that right, at least. Good yeah. to know. All right, we're going to take a break and then we'll come back and we'll cover the rest of the nominations and talk a little bit more about what we liked about the show, what would have done better. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after the break. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the KO Optional Podcast. We are discussing the Game Awards 2015, and we shall continue to do so and complain. <gasps> we know so. what we want to talk about next. Yeah, I know okay. what I want to talk about. All right. Is it about how uh, TB couldn't do a two-peat in Trending Gamer? Yeah, man. <laughs> I maybe should have mentioned in that contest and decided entirely by public voting that I was actually nominated. That was maybe a mistake, but (laughs) it's cool. Greg gave a better speech than I could have anyway, so I I don't really (laughs) mind. It's like, as long as Markiplier didn't win it, we're fine. I thought I was trending. (laughs) I don't know what's going on, guys. I thought I had it. I thought I had it in the back. (laughs) I didn't know you were allowed to win twice twice in a row. You know, I still haven't got my fucking trophy. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty salty about that and I, i'm saltier still that uh some idiots on certain forums were like fucking pretending to know what was going on the um we got a form back in march of this year that was about the trophies They're like yeah we're sending the trophies out to those who didn't attend uh so you get one for free if you want additional trophies for team members they're 750 dollars each can I have a trophy? Can I get a trophy? I'll give you 750 bucks for a trophy. Well, it doesn't matter because they didn't even send me one. So uh, oh, so, so we filled the form out. So yeah, we'll just have one. Thanks, blah, blah. That was in March and it's now December and we haven't had it yet. So Ooh. I would love to have a trophy for no reason. Can yeah. I just, I just want a trophy. I want an arbitrary trophy. You yeah, can I make so much money, trophy. TV. That would be nice. Make some arbitrary award trophy. Sell them for $750. Absolutely, yeah. I, I'll Dude, definitely anchor on something for that, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, people wonder, like, why would you want additional trophies? It's like, well, if you wanted it for, like, say, a different studio, maybe you want it for your studio and you want one for the studio in here and another for here, blah, blah. You know, it's for, it's for big companies, not for, like, one dude. But people were like, oh, well, you know, I bet he just didn't talk to them about it. You know, he shouldn't talk about this publicly, blah, blah, blah. Shouldn't be causing drama. Shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about, idiots. <laughs> Fucking morons. And people are like, oh, yeah, I, I, know, I know a lot about this business. I read subreddits sometimes. And I, I love mean, some of the people when they accepted their awards who had like little like nods to like, don't let people on YouTube tell you your game. Like, like there's a few, co- like a few of the comments. Greg Miller like, definitely did that. It wasn't like, it wasn't like saying it, saying it, but it was like, don't let YouTube critics silence your voice. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> It was great. Uh, can, can you explain which YouTube critic has silenced any voice over the last few years? Oh, I have no clue. Because I, I know quite a few YouTube critics that were silenced by game developers, DMC fucking A. Thank you very much. But, yeah, whatever. It was, Greg Miller's speech was fun. He, he deserved to win that, so I have no problems. He was on the podcast uh, a while ago. He was great. Oh, dude. He's, he's, a, he's a, like a legit cool dude. So, yeah, yeah. And he stood up there and gave it like an honest, real, like... A real speech, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You guys are great because you make great video games. Like, yep, you're right. They are, and they do. Thanks for the positivity. This is good. You know, it wasn't preachy. It was just a genuine, like, hey, thank you for being awesome. And I'm cool with that. Honestly, everyone in that room, like, deserved to be... Well, all right. There are a lot of people who were invited who didn't deserve to be there. I was going to say, no, they didn't. Everyone who made games... Everyone who made games deserved to be there because... I would say that every game that was on that list, like, they were all good games. Like, none of the games, I was like, oh, that game's shit. doesn't deserve to be on there. So, I mean, shout out to everyone, because this year was a pretty fucking good game, like, year for games. There was a lot of cool games that came out this year. I can't even hate. We've had years where we've done this podcast, and it's come around to the end of December, and we've been like, Hold oh, I think like 2013, maybe. We were like, hold 2013 was pretty bad. 2014 was pretty bad. Yeah, it was, uh, 2014 was maybe one of the worst years for broken games. 
Oh, and as we said last year, it's like, hey, yeah, game of the year is Dragon Age Inquisition. Like, no, it fucking isn't. <laughs> no, did you even play that game? No, that game wasn't very good. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, dear. I mean, you know, last year you get... I, I think, like, this year you've got it. You had a lot of legit contenders for game of the year. A lot of, you know, really solid games and games that were less broken than the year before, which I'll give them credit for. That's nice. Uh, so can we talk about something that is really near and dear to my heart? Uh, yes. I would love to hear this. Is, is it I... still to do with the Game Awards? Because if we're going it off is. in the direction... It does. Okay, it does. as long as oh, it's got nothing to do with Squeenix, because we'll get onto the Squeenix thing um, after the Game Awards discussion. It has to do with my hatred of Tim Schafer. Oh, here we go. Um, All right. Okay. <laughs> so, I, as a man who owns a signed, framed thing from... Um, uh, God, my brain just died. I'm old. Help me out here. The game with the two characters. You can switch between the two characters. Broken Age. Broken Age. Broken Age. Yeah. Look, guys, I already described. I'm old. I haven't had enough caffeine today. It's <laughs> it's a long one. Um, with a signed Tim Schafer Broken Age poster, uh, I would I would say, don't give this man money. Uh, he has been entirely untrustworthy with money, and what he's delivered has not lived up to to anything that it should. And um, more importantly, in order to get more money, he basically jerked at every nerd's nostalgia boner and said, oh, now I'm going to give you Psychonauts 2. Can I please have $3.3 million? Thanks. And we're going to do it on... I... We're going to do it on a website created by a friend... Who I believe used to work for Double Fine. Yep, he is and also then, on the advisory board of said website, I should point out. Which to me seems like a fairly gigantic conflict of interest. Yep. No, yeah. He, people have already called him out on the fact that uh, a few days ago they bumped the days remaining. Yeah, I was trying so, to play devil's advocate. Like when this first started happening and everybody was like, why would we give Tim Schafer more money? And I was like, well, I mean, maybe they've learned how to not fuck nope. it up. Because they've they done this learned. so many times Tim now. Schaefer Maybe has... And then they changed the date. And I was like, fuck, I can't anymore, guys. Tim Schaefer has notoriously you. in the industry been known as the guy who cannot do... He's always over budget and over time. That's just the way he has been. And when people started giving him their money, only then did we, the gamers, see how ridiculous he is. And Well, I mean, a lot of us went to bat for him when Bobby Kotick came out and criticized him. And yeah. this was over the whole... Um, brutal legend thing brutal legend and looking back on what bobby Kodak said and actually reading the proper interviews with him now with that context and knowledge you can see that bobby Kodak was actually being sensible and that he was certainly not the fucking devil that everybody made him out to be back then I, and i was guilty of getting on that fucking bandwagon i took the piss out of fucking bobby Kodak. absolutely you know because we all believed in tim schaefer you know tim schaefer was a golden god in our eyes back then i i can't i cannot stress like I was with you. I'm, I was with you, and I still was with you, even in a Broken Age. When Broken Age Episode 1 came out, I was still like, you know what? We still, there's still a chance. There's still, like, it was fun. I had a lot of fun with Episode 1. Episode 2 has been great. A year goes by, and we see nothing. And then Episode 2 comes out, and it's garbage. Like, it's entirely inferior. And it was basically like, I promise. I'm sure there's someone out there who's like, at least he makes his games. Except when he doesn't. Space-based yeah, DF9, when, anybody. Games vanish, and he lays off people. Whatever. But, I mean, as a person who loved and respected this man, 
and this is let's be honest this is the case with everything i love and respect if they never meet your idols jesse never meet your idols square enix you sons of bitches but still like uh, it's one of those things where it's like as a person i i love this guy and like what he made i stand before you now and say i know you're gonna give him money i know people are still give him money that's fine but i want to be the voice that says to you right now you've made a mistake and it's gonna be a shit shit game and it's gonna take everything you loved about psychonauts an amazing game and crap all over it and i hope you understand that and when you get it and you're sad Go back to, to Twitter and look up the Night of the Video Game Awards and just know that I warned you then and and I know that I'm right. And it pains me to, to have to – like, it's so sad. People are just getting ripped off, getting ripped off, and this man needs to be stopped. Stop giving him money. Stop giving him money. It's time he retired and, like, opened a brewery or some shit. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't give him um, money. If they announce that him. it's going to be episodic, we'll know. <laughs> yeah. well no it's I mean, the end th- there's, there's various issues that I've got with the whole setup I mean for one thing Fig is from what I can tell by no means as transparent as it needs to be the, thing about, the, f- the weird thing about Fig is that Fig allows for accredited investment as well as basically kickstarting yeah? Yeah. it's yeah. both of those things the problem is that we don't know how much money unless I am very much mistaken here and I'm pretty sure I'm not has been given through investment and how, how much has been given through Kickstarter. I th- I'm pretty sure the the figure on the front page of the FIG campaign is only the Kickstarted kind of crowdfunded stuff. I'm pretty right. sure none of the accredited investment money is there. What that means is we don't know how much this is actually going to cost. Please bear in mind that when Notch offered to fund Psychonauts 2 a couple of years back, he was told by Tim Schafer publicly it would cost $18 million dollars. Now the Kickstarter amount for this is $3.3 million, which is significantly lower. Now, are we led to believe that somehow the cost of making games has gone down, the scope of the game has been reduced, or is there money being put in somewhere else? And since the FIG platform allows for what appears to be anonymous accredited investment, then actually I imagine this game needs a whole lot more than $3.3 million. So to me, that, that money seems a very arbitrary amount. And the problem with these arbitrary amounts is that Double Fine has shown they're incapable of managing any amount Massively of crowdfunded yes. uh, funded, uh, capital. They, you know, they, I know this because of what they did with Double Fine Adventure. They said they, we can make a thing with, uh, apparently there's a question mark next to the, people are going click the question mark next to the money amount. Uh, okay, I don't see a question mark next to the money amount. What am I looking for here? Apparently, that there may be like some other information that I'm not seeing immediately here. Do you want to? If you, you if you need, while you look that up, if he you mentions need on the page it's between person... ten to fifteen million dollars in grand total. He says he's getting from multiple funds. Okay. If if you need to look up what kind of, just literally Google, just Google research, Google Tim Schafer money. There's, I mean, there's, no, there's nothing on like, that page that says like million anywhere I can see, but. It's Jared, are you googling Tim Schafer money I'm images? Do, I'm doing it right now. Tim Schafer money. Up. If you if, if you okay. need to know yeah. what kind of man he is, look at those photos and understand he's kind of a dick. Mm. Tim Schafer's a dick. Yeah. So <laughs> it says total raised, and then it's there's an invest. Right there is actually an investment bar on the right. It doesn't tell you how many investors there are, but it says there's been one million in investments, and total raised is two million. So one assumes that it was half crowdfunded, half not. So that is there. It's a tiny little eye that you have to click. It's not, not a very good website, really. So, okay, there's been a million dollars in investment. 
Now I want to know, like, how much does this game actually cost to make? I'm trying to find that information. You know, it's... Psychonauts... It says uh, it says here the original Psychonauts budget, which had a budget between ten and thirteen point five million dollars, but it doesn't say exactly how much they need to raise in order to actually make Psychonauts two. Yeah, th- there's the kind of real problem with it. It's like yes, I know how much the original cost, but that was like over ten years ago now. The the biggest problem I think with with his crowdfunding again is that. Everything that Double Fine has either crowdfunded or put through early access has had a problem of some sort. Mm-hmm. For me, Double All of it money-based. All of it money-based and money management-based, which, spoiler, there's a reason why he has to crowdfund shit, because there's a lot of publishers who won't give him a cent. Won't work with him. Because everyone knows yeah. he's fucking the worst with money management. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, that, that seems to be fairly public knowledge now. And at this point, I'm thinking to myself... Well, you did Double Fine Adventure, which was supposed to be a $400,000 project, which is supposed to be a classic point-and-click. Now, the project that you got out of that, not only did you spend over $3 million on half of it and had to use the, that half to fund the other half, which clearly indicates that you didn't manage your budget at all, but you didn't actually create a classic point-and-click. Like, it wasn't... Uh, it really was not in the style of old LucasArts games and anything like that, actually. It really wasn't. And what came out was alright, but it wasn't brilliant. Massive Chalice is fucking shallow as hell. At least that game came out. But that game was promising all sorts of things and never really delivered on any of them. Space Base DF9 did not deliver at all. That's a game that he put through early access. So again, what we have is a game there that they couldn't afford to finish. And they just said, right, we're done. We can't afford this. Fuck it. I guess you can have the source code and maybe fix it yourself. Those three things, to me, indicate a distinct lack of ability to manage money. Yeah, super disorganization. Yeah, I mean, it's it seems like a studio that is very expensive to run in the most one of the most expensive cities in the world. It seems like I don't know where the money is going a lot of the time. Games are coming out that are lacking depth. It's like Double Fine at one point could kind of do no wrong. They were releasing sort of Xbox Live Arcade games for $15. They were like, here, here's Iron Brigade. That game's great. Here's Costume Quest. That game's great. Here's Stacking. That game's great. Etc. Etc. And then you had um, stuff like Hack and Slash, which actually was pretty good. But then again, that one flew kind of right under the radar. It, it's very, very but, strange how they even when- develop games. Even when people look back, and, and trust me, I got a lot, of me- a lot of messages about how horribly wrong I was, and people would always cite games like Brutal Legend. When's the last time you played Brutal Legend and weren't disappointed by the last three hours of that game? Yeah, I, and I'll defend Brutal Legend to the death, because it's, I mean, I'm a, hu- a, I'm cool a huge game. metal fan, and I also liked Sacrifice, and the strategic element of it is actually very Sacrifice-like, which uh, a lot of people complained about that. So I went in here for like God of War with metal, which is not what it was. Brutal Legend is fun, but the end of that game is a complete disappointment. Like, it's oh, yeah, definitely it's we ran out of time and money and we need to finish this game. Yes, it's a mess. No doubt. Weird. Weird, Tim. That's, How did that like happen? That's your MO. Hmm. If, if the game is not sort of a short, self-contained experience, it does seem to me that Double Fine seems to have trouble delivering on what they promise. I mean, Costume Quest is great, but Costume Quest is, what, like three, four hours long? You know? It's not a particularly lengthy game. Stacking isn't very long. 
I, I would really just love to see them return to making smaller games. You know, Hack and Slash, as weird as a game as it was, was finished and worked. And it was a kind of smaller scope. And then Psychonauts 2 is not small scope. Psychonauts 2 is huge scope. And Double Fine Adventure was small scope and then feature creeped out to massive scope and failed as a result. It, there's a, yeah, I do not trust I, him with I, I managing cannot. money. I don't. I really don't stress. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm. The minute I saw Psychonauts two, and then saw like Tim be like, "Hey, donate," I was like, do, "Don't, don't yeah. do this." If 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 Tim was making Psychonauts two for the fans like he should have done, it would have been, "I'm gonna make you the best game ever. Buy it. That's how I'll make my money." This give us your money first and trust me to make the game you want is bullshit. You will be disappointed, and all these people. I swear to God, if I see another article on Kotaku or Polygon or any of those things, it's like, this is so cool. This is coming out. Everyone should go support this. You're all dum-dums. You're all dum-dums. You deserve to lose your money. And I don't even give a shit. Kiss the amount, goodbye. The amount of crushing despair I felt <laughs> immediately after seeing, like, Psychonauts 2, I was like, oh, my God. And he's like, there's a new crowdfunding uh, site called, called Fig. And I was like, like oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was watching... Oh. Um, uh, JP's Twitch channel yes, while they I were was, watching I was watching it. that too. Th the second Tim Schafer came out and was like, Psychonauts 2! JP just goes, yep, wait for it. It's gonna announce the crowdfunding, wait for it. And then he immediately <laughs> went into Fig and I was like, oh god, you called it. Yeah. They, it Double Fine has some really great ideas and produces some games that I have liked a lot. And they're always flawed. But I will often defend them as being interesting and original and often full of heart. But as anyone in, you know, as a project manager, as a business guy, as a guy running a studio, Tim Schafer is hopeless. Like, he needs to get the hell away from that, focus on the creative side, and let someone who knows what the hell they're doing with money manage it. Because I can't trust him right now. And I have a feeling Psychonauts 2 is going to prove that point again. I really do. When and... he when he announced uh, the Day of the Tentacle and the Full Throttle remasters or whatever, I don't remember. Did he say those were already on their way or that? I those think they're already on their way. Okay. Yeah, they don't need to be crowdfunded. They're pretty. Sh uh, and those those remasters will probably be fine. You know, the Grim okay. Fandango yeah. remaster was pretty good for what it was. You know, I had no problem with that. But then remastering a game you've already made is not that difficult. Not too worried about that. And then apparently there's also going to be a Psychonauts VR game that's completely separate to this. Yeah. Who the fuck's working on that? How big Why is Double Fine exactly? Why not use the remasters exactly? to fund your new game? I, I don't know. I, he's dipped into the crowdfunding well a lot, and every time he's come out looking a bit grubby. There are people like Hairbrain Schemes that I think people feel like they can trust with Kickstarted funds. Because while Shadowrun Returns was maybe a bit disappointing, they made up for it with Dragonfall, they made up with, for it with Hong Kong, and then when they did the Battletech Kickstarter, people were like, you know what, we can trust you, mm -hmm. because you have delivered multiple times, we're cool with you doing this. And there are other studios who have dipped into the Kickstarter well and delivered, and have established their reputation, and people are willing to give them money. Larian, I can trust. Absolutely. There are definitely... Some studios, you know, if um, if the guys, if In Exile went back, if Obsidian went back to Kickstarter, I trust them in a heartbeat because they delivered in a big way. But uh, Double Fine has not, repeatedly has not, 
And as a result, I think at that point you've got to say, all right, you should cool it. Cool it on the crowdfunding. Make something of your own accord funded traditionally. And if it's good, then we might feel like it's worth uh, you know giving you some money again. A lot of people are like, man, Je- it's almost like he slapped Jesse personally. He's so worked up over it. Like, it's hard to describe. Like, Psychonauts I love. Like, Psychonauts isn't a, like, it's like a game, game growing up that, like, it's it's hard to describe my love for that game. And it's also hard to describe my love for a lot of the other games that Tim helped make. Like, it's like, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's like, I'm passionate about it because seeing such, like, don't 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 take the game that you know your fan base wants the most and use that as the biggest bargaining chip of your life to like get more mm. money from us to start this new th- like it's a slap it is it's a slap in the face and and because Tim's such a cocky asshole like it's more aggravating like it's just I can't even describe to you the emotion not, I felt when I saw not a humble man when he speaks publicly no. No. I mean, I don't want to bring up the sock puppet shit, but it's like, look, if you're coming hat in hand asking for money, maybe don't piss off potential fucking donors by being a yeah. dick. I can't. Yeah, I just. Yeah, it, it's 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 not a physical slap in the face, gang, but it's very close, mm. and it's it's mm. aggravating, and it's not. I I would rather call him out on his bullshit, and and get a game. And it, look, if it's a good game. If Psychonauts 2 is good, I'll be the first person to be like, I was so fucking wrong. Tim, you blew me away. And I, I want it to be good. I know it ain't going to be good. I know it's going to be shit. Like, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. Tim's lost his yeah. mojo, man. It's gone. I thought it was going to be a Psychonauts remaster at first. After announcing the previous remasters, I well, just figured it just, yeah. that just made rolling. sense. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah like, go for it. That would have made sense. Use that to fund Psychonauts 2 or at least gauge interest in a Psychonauts 2 instead of taking people's yeah, money yeah uh, that's that's a little surprising they didn't do that especially with uh, you know they've already got remasters on the way you know yeah and they've already done remasters how much money do they make from grim fandango probably a decent amount kind of cost them too much to fix that game up i don't know what they i mean you can literally play day of the tentacle with scum vm i mean you don't really have to make too many changes to make you know, unless and the full throttle as well you know how much remastering does full throttle really need probably not that much that's going to be a that's a cash cow. That's a that's an easy money maker. That anyway, yeah. I guess we'll probably related, said, yeah sorry, related to the Psychonauts thing. Was it just me or were like the world premieres of the Game Awards overall kind of meh, meh this year? Like I super agree. meh. I agree. Yeah. What did, I mean, they showed Far Cry. Which it was is like, they had Far Cry Primal. They showed off some Uncharted Four. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of quantum break with we, we still know nothing about that damn game. They, they, quantum break? No, nothing about. The thing is, they released <laughs> about about six months ago. They showed some gameplay footage where it was like, okay, it's a cover shooter with time mechanics, and ev- everything they've se- shown since then has been like, woo, mystery time thing, and just showing nothing about it. Here's the yeah. thing: I'm convinced they're gonna go the way of like uh, until dawn or a David Cage game because two years ago. At at um uh whatever the hell the, the what's the damn German uh, German convention Gamescom. help me out Gamescom. Gamescom thank you God guys I don't know what's going on with me today I I'm losing <laughs> my mind I think you I'm... suck uh so anyway um Telltale Batman happened at, at Gamescom yeah. I played that game years ago years ago and it was it was not a cover shooter it was like an entirely different style game 
and then it became a cover shooter, and now they're like, it's going to have a story, an online story. It's going to have a... I'm telling I you, it's going to be like don't know what's a going on with that. game. It's going to be totally different. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, the, I don't think it was any really huge world premiere that blew me away. Uh, you know, it, they showed a bit of like, here's Star Citizen coming along. It's like, okay, looks kind of cool. Here's Shadow Complex Remastered. Like, great, that game was good 10 years ago. Uh, Rocket League for Xbox One. Yay. Great. Uh, yep. Rock Band VR. Oh, God. Uh... That was... Uh, I mean, I'm cool with this. I, I'm actually... This is the game I'm most excited about. I'll play the shit out of this game. But also, the way they presented it was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I say this is a fan of Dragon Force. Everything they did with everything to do with Rock Band in that show was cringeworthy and terrible. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought it was so <laughs> clever <laughs> yeah. how they had those how they had those game developers who didn't know anything about rock and roll play rock music, guys. With their toy <laughs> guitars. Was that great? They broke on the guitars on the stage. Oh dear. Yeah, yep. they didn't have a heavy hitter this year compared to they didn't when they had the Phantom Pain reveal uh two years ago or whatever. Like that was a huge fucking deal. This year they had jack and shit. Dodger? Are you okay? I, I think she farted. Sneeze. She's been eating cheese. No, I needed to sneeze and it didn't didn't happen. I mean last year they actually Yet they, another disappointment from the game awards. They showed a lot right? of stuff. It's all connected. Yeah, they showed fan oh, a lot of Phantom Pain, uh, a lot of Bloodborne, Until Dawn, Order 1886. Uh, there was a bunch of Witcher 3 footage. Uh, wow, Godzilla the game? Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, Codename <laughs> Steam. They oh, showed a that. bunch of Legend of Zelda, which they didn't again show this year. A bunch of Mario Maker stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Tacoma, of course, they showed, which we haven't really seen a lot of since then. But yeah, it it, it was definitely, the show was definitely a letdown in terms of reveals. Uh, yeah, that's where a lot of people even watch the show for the first place. To yeah, I think that is what a lot of people watch it for, the, you know, the, the premieres, and there weren't really all that many. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back to the categories and kind of blitz through the rest of them. So, developer of the year went to CD Projekt Red. I don't see how you yes. could possibly argue with that fact. You know? Good, good. Anything There's else is no wrong. argument there. Yeah, I mean, now I'm not sponsored by GOG anymore. Maybe I could say this without feeling awful. CD Projekt Red is a great developer. They're consumer-friendly. I will not say they're perfect because they definitely did. <laughs> they have certainly not told the truth about everything, you know, claiming there was no downgrade when there was clearly a downgrade and uh, not being, they, were, they misrepresented the power of like the red editor and the modding capabilities of that game. But outside Look, of that, dude, they're a very consumer-friendly developer, and they make good you games. You can play Gwent to battle now. That's all you, can, you need to know yes, about the modding uh, capabilities of crazy. that game. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone else on that list that certainly deserved it. I mean, the other nominees were Bethesda. I mean, why would you give it to Bethesda? They released one game and a shitty mobile thing this year. From Software, I mean, they released a game. Kojima, a game. Nintendo. No, I don't think I'd give it to them either. Numerous games, but... Numerous games. Not all of which were good. Um, people are like, why would they let TV go? It's like, because my esports team shut down. They were sponsoring Axiom. That's why. So... Yeah, I don't have a team anymore, so that's why. They didn't kick me out oh they got they fired his ass they fired my ass yeah <laughs> read it they, they fired shook hands CD and walked Project away like yeah our tv fires and dogs total friends? biscuit yeah fires total biscuit for gamergate comments oh ah. 
Absolutely. I want that's that on why. the internet so bad. <laughs> that's already on Tumblr. That's already on Tumblr. You know it. That's what happened. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's uh, go through the rest of the categories. Uh, best shooter was given to a Splatoon. Uh, I don't really argue with that, considering the rest of... I mean, the rest were Blops 3. Destiny the Taken King. That's just expansion for an existing game. How the fuck do you get a list that? Didn't they gave it to Destiny last year, and they tried to give it, it to Destiny uh, again? Gave Destiny way more story than the base game did. True, that fair. is true. But it's what still an expansion it? pack. Come on. Yeah... Uh, Halo 5 Guardians and Battlefront. I think that went to the right game there. Splatoon, yeah, definitely. They also got best multiplayer. Splatoon they did. Also got best multiplayer, which yeah. is they're basically going up against the same people and Rocket League. Yes. And Rocket League, which yeah. if Rocket League was going to win something, I thought it should have been multiplayer. I, I found it very interesting that Battlefront was in best shooter and not in best multiplayer, and Battlefront is multiplayer only. That yeah, amused yeah. me greatly. Uh, yeah, so I, I would agree with that on the best shooter. Uh, we've got uh, the best performance was uh, uh, poor Jade Raymond. Uh, apparently, her card said the wrong thing. Yeah, the uh, Witcher. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Poor Jade. Uh, I felt I so bad. Yeah, it didn't seem like the kind of mistake Jade would make. It looked like she was definitely reading the card and was like, "I'm reading." Uh, oh, oh shit! Because they put in. So the one who won best performance was uh, Viva Seifert for her story, and in there was also Doug Cockle for Witcher Three. And it's like, uh, Viva Seaford for Witcher 3. You're like, oh, no. And then you, the camera panned over, and they were like, do I, do I go up? Like, like, who, do I, oh. who, do I, who do I show right now? Which yeah. thing? Uh, was one they sit, it looked like they were sitting together. Like, I don't know if that was true, but it looked like Doug was sitting next to Viva, which made it extra awkward. That oh. was, yeah, that was a real cringeworthy moment. But Oops. it spawned so many, like, Jade Raymond, like, uh, internet, like, was she was she super like high then? Like all these Reddit things I were about know, like, what's so many wrong people with her? Mentioned that, and I was like, <laughs> she, what? She, she oh, made a bit of a she did make a bit of a weird joke about uh, David Hayter and also about yes. the weight of the the trophy. I don't know. A- after after like she did a lot of things that were like it remi- it reminded me when uh the dude from Epic Meal Time goes up to give awards or present things where he just gives zero shits. Where he like yeah. always gets up there and acts a fool, and you're like, that crazy goofball. She had that vibe of just like, fuck it, I'm here, I'm already drunk, I don't care. And so yeah, <laughs> and so literally moments before, um, uh, Keeper Sutherland was out there, and she's like, no. Then she makes a joke about that. Yeah, it was. I, I like the David Hater joke. It made me laugh. I think it would have been was... better if Kiefer Sutherland hadn't already left the arena by that point. Because if they'd panned yeah. to him and then he laughed at it, and like, okay, we get it. It's a, it's a it's a rib. That's cool. Yeah. But the yeah. pro- because that wasn't there, it was like people were like, should I laugh? Is she actually insulting him? I don't know. It was it I was laughed. a weird it was a weird presentation. I don't care. I was like, I it was love a bit the weird that she was just wasted. Yeah, she came, I loved it. She did not care. I'm not sure. It, it, was, it was strange. I, I do kind of feel for her because that, there was a bit of a deer in the headlights moment, which is weird because she has a lot of presentation experience. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. she just wasn't feeling well that day. It's entirely possible. But best performance going to Viva again. I mean, it. I don't know. It, it, going up against Mark Hamill as Joker and winning is... That's... Uh, Mark Hamill even joked about in like the pre-show or whatever. He's like, yeah. Joker never wins, but I'm always here. He Aww. did a great speech, by the way. Yeah. Like his intro for, uh, for that when I think he gave it to um to Kiefer was was great. That was awesome. 
Uh, I was a big fan of that. But yeah, I mean, it's a very that's a very subjective category. I feel. Plus, plus, it's a weird. It's I I I feel for Mark Hamill doing the Joker voice because it's a it's a thing that he has done for so years. long that to honor him now is almost like why, like we he's so synonymous with it. That to be like, oh, well, he did a great Joker. Of oh. course he fucking did a great Joker. He is the Joker yes. 90% of people think about when they think about the Joker's voice yeah. and his laugh. And his, like, it's, it's, yeah, no, you, you did. To, for him he to is have a the shitty Joker. one. Yeah, for him to have a shitty performance is when you'd be like freaked out. But because he's so good all the time doing it, it's like, it's, what do you, yeah, how do you even do, like, how do you they'll even give, award? They'll give him the uh, Industry Icon Award next year. Probably, like, yeah. Dude, there you go. Uh, yeah. I thought it was weird under, Wait, never mind. Never mind. Huh? Okay. Ignore me. Sure. Well, move on. <laughs> I was, I was okay. going to make a goof. I, it won't be funny. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's I not surprising. Know. But <laughs> I know. I was, I was going to make a goof and say that uh, Leo will get an Oscar before Mark Hamill will get an award. Possibly. For oh, yeah. oh, my God. If Revenant looks like as good as I think it's going to be, he's going to get an Oscar for that shit. That movie looks dope. He won't. You no, know he, he won't. He won't though. He will never get an Oscar. No, Leo will be consistently denied. Now, they're just like no always the bridesmaid, never the bride. That guy. Oh my god! Every time Oscar season comes around, I can't wait for the Leonardo DiCaprio memes. Yeah, they're I hope just, if he get one, uh, gets one, he just breaks it over the counter. Says, yeah. I don't even want it. <laughs> don't want it anymore, you bastards. Oh no, he gives a speech and then just Marco leaves it out on the stage and Lovely. walks away. Just yeah. leaves it. He drops it like a mic. Just <laughs> yeah, and then just walks off. Oh man. Uh, best action adventure went to Metal Gear Solid 5. The others in the category were Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Fucking what? Batman, Ori and the Blind Forest, and Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Metal yeah. Gear's phenomenal. If it's just on gameplay, Metal Gear Solid 5 is a phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Hard to argue with that. all over the damn place, but whatever. Gameplay-wise, it's great. The story is absolute shit, but man, yeah, what a game. It's, it's not great, but it's really entertaining. For This is one of those things about narrative. <laughs> the story's yeah. not very good, but that is a fucking entertaining game. <laughs> it's super entertaining. Definitely weird to see Bloodborne in the RPG category and not in the action adventure category. But again, I guess action adventure is a very generic kind of category. I mean, again, you've got multiple genres in here. You know, Metal Gear Solid Five is a stealth action game. Ori and the Blind Forest is a Metroidvania 2D platformer. It's They're not the same at all, but hey. It's weird whatever. to see Fallout under best role-playing game and not best shooter. Ah, well, it's only one be under either, in my opinion. But <laughs> hey. yeah, because Fallout Four is maybe uh, the worst role playing game in the Fallout series since Fallout Brotherhood of Steel, which was entirely oh, not a role playing game at all. Oh gosh, uh, there's not a lot of role playing doing Fallout Four, I gotta say. But uh, best RPG went to Witcher Three. Uh, it was in the category with Pillars of Eternity and Undertale. You know, it would have definitely been nice to see one of those two maybe get a nod there, but I don't really blame them for giving it to Witcher Three. Doesn't seem too terrible to me. Yeah. Best fighting game only had four games in it, and one of them's not a fighting game, which is incredible. Uh, not <laughs> this. I'm not really sure how that one went, uh, but they gave it to Mortal Kombat 10. The other people were Guilty Gear Exert Sign, which came out in 2014! <laughs> <laughs> I know yep. this because I gave it my, like, it was in my top 10 of 2014! <laughs> Rise of the Incarnates, which... It's not only not a fighting game, but the game shut down. The servers are shutting down next week. It was pulled from Steam in October. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Yes, more, more. And Rising Thunder, which isn't even done yet, it's in beta. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. He's absolutely right. Who the fuck picked that category? Did did they have nobody on staff that knew anything about fighting games? I want to go back to what I said at the beginning. I would love to know the nominee process. I don't care about how did that happen. Jeff is in that room going, "Well, we can't just let him win by default." I mean, 2015 has not been an amazing get, uh, year for fighting games. I will definitely say that. But there is a lot of stuff that did come out that they completely fucking ignored. Mostly Japanese stuff. I mean, didn't there was a Blast Blue game that came out this year, if I recall correctly, right? Was I there? Wanna say so. I don't know. Maybe? I think so. I may be oh. wrong there. I may be wrong. Uh, they Cap could have Tom also Cup, maybe though. nominated... I mean, I, it's not really out yet, but I think it's out uh, in Japan. Uh, the the latest Guilty Gear, which is Revelator, which I think is already out in Japan, although I may be wrong I, there. I would have said Brawlhalla. Sure. Brawl yeah, Hall get Brawlhalla in there. Yeah. Is is I Revelator think... out yet? When did when did the new Smash come out? Was that last year? Not yeah, last Re- year. Revelator's out. Revelator's been out in the arcade for a couple of months. You could have... Here's the stupid thing. You could have nominated Revelator... The- the Final Fantasy Dissidia arcade game has been out. Yeah. Chrono more... Phantasma Extend. Oh. Yeah. Uh, was out this year. Um, so, yeah. The. I'm, I'm sorry, but. Yeah. The, that category clearly was not well informed. No. At no. all. Well, I feel like. I think, honestly, Jared's joke was probably right. Like, Mortal Kombat X is clearly yeah. like the biggest, best title in the fighting game genre of the year. And it was like, all right, well, the who most put well known. It to make it seem like. Like, and I ain't gonna hate, Mortal Kombat 10 was great. I love that game. Yeah, I yeah, thought it was a lot of sure. fun. But, yeah, it's like, who do we put up against it so that we Rise have other people in this category? Yeah, we need to look like he has to earn it. Yeah. I almost, yeah, it, I, I get it's a goof, but it seems totally true. Like, yeah. I get it. That you, makes sense to me. Yeah, mm. it's, it was just, it's just a stupid category. I mean, you've got a game that's not a fighting game that's shutting down in three days and was removed from Steam two months ago, and then you've got a game that came out last year, and then a game that's in beta. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, best family game. This is always an interesting one. Also known as best game to sell you a lot of plastic toys, which included three games in that particular... Actually, f- all games. In this category, sell you plastic toys. <laughs> yeah, Disney good. Infinity, plastic toys. Lego Dimensions, plastic yep. toys. Skylanders, plastic yep. toys. Splatoon, Amiibos, plastic toys. Super Mario Maker, the winner, Amiibos, plastic toys. Also, oh. Mario Maker's not a video game. But it's a hell of a lot of fun. I don't care what anyone says. You Mario Maker is super silly. Stuff. No, Mario Maker's a construction set. Fuck that. Not a video but game. You, but you play it. Nope. Yes. Nope, it's not a video yes. game. Yes. Mario what? Maker's fun. You make things. Yeah, people who just play shit. They don't Tool play set. anything. <laughs> uh, it, of course it is a game, but I like to say this anyway. <laughs> I, I, just, I like to get people riled up uh, when I say that. It's, and, it's, and it worked. It worked really well. The chat is fucking furious. I love it. Uh, <laughs> oh, chat took sides immediately. There were some yeah. people who were like, it, it, he's right. It's not a game. Yeah, yeah. Like, not a game. Damn. Oh, dear. Uh, but I'm glad that one over all the shut up and give us money for plastic shit games that yeah. were there. Um, although I'd, I'd have been okay with Splatoon winning too, even though that also has plastic shit. But let's be honest, like they had to they had to throw a bone to Mario Maker in one of the categories. Yeah, like, true. That's, true. It, mm-hmm. It's a huge game. Yeah. Well, the weird thing is, it's not really a good game. Like it's just Mario from like 20 years ago. Only you can make it. Like it, it hasn't well, really evolved. 
Mario too much. It's like Minecraft, much. though. It's it's based on it's community made. What the community makes, that's what makes it entertaining. And yeah, but you're still making majority... it within the basic systems and mechanics of a Mario game that's twenty years old. Uh, the I... mechanics of the Mario game are actually like six years old because every single Mario one in there is based off the new Mario Wii engine. Rather ah, than the Jared oh. with the knowledge bomb, love it. There that you go. really bothered me when I played it. When I was switching over to the original Mario style, and it didn't yeah. play like NES Mario. It just played like Mario Wii, just with mm. that graphic filter on top of it. Yeah, I I played so. I mean, I was never a Mario kid growing up, so I don't even notice the difference. Yeah, to be honest. It's, yeah, there's especially like in the original Mario because you play that game. That game is hard compared to what Mario is these days. Like you can't turn around mid air. Like there's so much more momentum based jumping mechanics within those games compared to what they have now. Mm. That being said, people have made some really cool shit with like those current mechanics and sure. things that Nintendo would sure. never even think of. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's what and that's what it's about. It's about playing the stuff that Nintendo would. I don't know, not think of, but not have the balls to be like, hey, little kid, try and play this game. Like, <laughs> it, it's it's yeah. awful. People are horrible to each other with this game. Like, it humanity, once again, it proves humanity is pure evil. Because yeah. <laughs> when you play this game, you're like, holy shit. Like, how? How do you? I've never been killed by more invisible blocks in my life. And it's just assholes. Thousands of so assholes. So like, my son has it. And he's like, come and play my level. And I start nitpicking the shit out of the design. I'm like, you make, you like, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I go down this, um, he, he puts a warp pipe in, and I go down to a warp pipe area. There's literally nothing there. And getting out of it is super hard. And because it was designed, like, there's no reward for going in there in the first place. There's a fucking, there's fucking invisible blocks everywhere. He's designed it in a way where you have to lose your one-up in order to bypass it. Like, your, your design is terrible. Like, you, no, that's you, awesome. You did yeah, not design a fun level. Out. You designed a Jeez, terrible level. Thank you for just laying down the law. I, I just, what? like, I refuse to play his levels anymore because they're just, like, you're just a dick and you're expressing that through Mario. <laughs> yeah, the amount of people who made, like, those trolley, super hard Mario levels, those aren't the best levels. Those are well, some of them levels. are. But the, the thing is, like, to make a truly hard level that's actually skill-based, it actually takes a lot of hard work. You can make a level that's just bad and difficult because it's badly designed, and then there are levels that are difficult because they're really well-designed, and they require yeah. a lot of precision. And actually making a level like that is hard. But making a bad level that's difficult is extremely easy. And well, Mario Maker has demonstrated that, which is why most of the Mario Maker levels are fucking terrible. Well, what you find out, if you play it enough, is that most of the really trolly levels... In order to beat a level, right, you have to beat it. Like, in order yeah. to put it out there, you have to beat it as the creator. Most of those really trolly levels have a back door. Almost yeah. all yes. of them have yeah. a back door. And it's literally like, this cloud will take you over the entire level. You're like, and that's how this they isn't did even it. That yeah. hard. This isn't that hard. You cheater. Like, I just had to find out what the, what the deal was. So, yeah, it, it, at least it balances it that way. Like, once you figure out, like, oh, this is a dick level, you're like, all right. There's probably the a secret door? way of doing it some way. Yeah. 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 Okay, to move on, last couple of categories. Best sports and racing game went to Rocket League. Uh, I mean, okay, I guess. I mean, it was in... It was the only original game in a category full of sequels. FIFA 16, Forza 6, NBA 2K16, and Pro Evolution 2- 2K16. That's the one category I would have given it to. Yes, Like, it sure. was yeah. fun and creative in a sports game that was... a Like, you didn't even have to like sports games to enjoy that game. Yeah. That's the one thing I would have been like, all right, you get this. There's no way it deserved to win all those other ones, but whatever. No, no, probably not. What else? Uh, the last couple of guys, uh, we've done best multiplayer. Uh, best art direction. So this is an interesting one. Went to Ori, and the other 
this is where I, I have to disagree with a lot of the picks here. Batman Arkham Knight was in this category. Bloodborne was in it. Metal Gear Solid Five and The Witcher 3. A lot of darkness. A lot of darkness. Why is games. Batman in that game? Why, why is Batman in the art direction category? Like, it didn't look any different to the previous Batman games. There's nothing unique about yeah. Arkham Knight. That Arkham Knight, though, his mask was cool. Uh, yeah, just like the other ones. I've... I mean, Bloodborne. You were I think able to kill people with your car, but they weren't really. But they weren't dead. really dead because you only tased yeah, them at two hundred fifty miles so. an hour. Yeah. yeah. Except when they yeah. weren't. But Bloodborne, I think, I don't want to say it got robbed in that category, but I think it was a strong contender. Ori is a beautiful game. Like in what? terms of well, so is Bloodborne though. Bloodborne is a beautiful game. Yes, but because Bloodborne it's not colorful. Game. People didn't like take that in the same way as like your typical mm. art direction. You know. I, I do you think some Metal Gear Bloodborne... Solid should even be in an art direction category? No. I don't think no. so. It's a gorgeous game. In comparison to other games that had really strong, interesting aesthetics, I don't think that it yeah. could have helped yeah. out. Yeah, but that's the, we're arguing like, you know, how good a game looks compared to artistic design because Bloodborne's artistic design is phenomenal. Just, yeah. Any yeah. of the monsters or just like the world, it, it's all incredible. I, I would, From software yeah. always nails that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I would, even as a giant Witcher fanboy, I'd say art design, Bloodborne is like, phenomenal like it yeah. should have won that category the art design of bloodborne is like it's really interesting to look at like it yeah. visually you're just like holy shit what the fuck is yeah. that like it keeps you engaged and and it has to because it's one of those games where it's like yeah uh it's gonna be really hard so we need to give you a reason to keep coming back and, and getting your ass kicked well, Art Direction's got a lot to do with your willingness to explore that world as well, you know, and From always creates these worlds which give you very little context to what's going on, and you have to sort of piece it together through the way that the world is designed, and Art Direction is a huge part of that, and Bloodborne, I think more so than anything, is probably their best game yet in terms of art design, and I... I have a number of issues with that game, not least of which the fact that it runs like shit and it's on PS4 and I'd want it on PC, but that is a beautiful game in a very dark way with a very unique aesthetic. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a there's obvious influences from all. I mean, there's a very um, Lovecraftian influences. There's some a lot of H.R. Geiger in there. It's a wonderful game in terms of art direction. Whereas Witcher Three and Metal Gear Solid Five, it's almost like this category was like half aesthetic and half good graphics. Because I think MGS5 and Witcher 3 are in there for good graphics, and so is Batman. And I don't think they belong in there for that reason. You know, it it reminds me of when, like, especially The Witcher, uh, it reminds me of when they do, like, a costuming or set design category at the Oscars. And it's always, like, crazy sci-fi movie, crazy sci-fi movie, three period pieces. And the period pieces always win because it's like, well, they made the 1800s look so real. It's like, well, yeah, but this That's other person hard. created an entire fucking galaxy. And, right. But, yeah. it, but they never win. They never win. And it's it's always because it's like, well, yeah, but oh, look at the buttons they made. Those buttons <laughs> are bigger than these buttons. And it's that way every year. Every year it's that way in the Oscars. And you're like, give it, give it to the people who created a world for once, please. And I feel like that's kind of what this was. It was like... All right, I don't know. I, well, I mean, Ori did create their own world. Ori, it, it, Ori, Ori was a beautiful game. Gorgeous game. Yeah. Yeah. It's a gorgeous it game. Is. Did it deserve to win this category? I don't think so. But mm, I think it was it was a toss-up between that and Blood Bowl. I would have been okay with either of them. The other three in that category just don't even... Batman in particular doesn't even deserve to be there. Yeah. There's no, there is no reason, because it's not like they changed their art direction from the last three fucking games. They didn't. It looks just a little bit shinier and a little bit wetter 
than the previous Arkham games. And for some reason, they made all the female characters a little younger looking and a little like, yeah. like a little more like a clay mm. doll. Look. It was. I'm not it's a fan weird. of what they did to Harley. Like they no. made her look not like she should look at all. It was like. Mm. It yeah. does seem like it's every Arkham game is a competition to make Harley look slutty than last time. It's like, really? right? Do you have to do that? Like, I'm not a, yeah, I'm I not a like fan of face. what they did with her character. Mm. Yeah, her face looks weird. Like, it's a like, weird looking since, face. Ever since like the first trailer, I was like, there's something's wrong there. They like kind of baby dolled her out. Like, yeah, they, yeah. It's it, I, I do not like. Like, I thought the game was okay, but yeah, they baby dolled out Harley, and then somehow managed to make Poison Ivy even sluttier looking. It's like, how is this possible? Like, you've taken her clothes. Like, how can you continue to do this? <laughs> it's it's mind-boggling. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, oh, and, and Catwoman as well. They were like, yeah, no, she's tied up the entire game, though. Like, all right, great. That's what, yeah, wow. Definitely some issues with that. Uh, and, I mean, the fan categories we won't worry about too much. Uh the, I think the only kind of interesting one is probably most anticipated game, which went to No Man's Sky. The other ca- the other things in the category were Uncharted 4, Last Guardian, Quantum Break, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Quantum Break bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Do we anticipate Quantum Break? Do we even know what Quantum Break is? No I mean, one knows what it is to anticipate it. I mean, people are anticipating No Man's Sky because the media have been telling you for the last two and a half years that you have to anticipate No Man's That's fucking exactly Sky. Right. I think No Man's Sky is going to suck, but the anticipation level of everyone is through suck the roof butt. because everyone's like, it it's so good. It's going to be, oh my God, it's mine. It's going to change gaming. I don't think so. Do I mean, it ain't going to do those things. It may go down the elite dangerous route of having a universe that really nobody cares about. You know, it's a, it's a pool that's uh, miles wide, but an inch deep. Uh, yeah, so the last category, of course, Game of the Year, which was between Witcher 3, Bloodborne, Fallout 4, Metal Gear Solid 5, and Super Mario, and it get, went to Witcher 3. Does anyone disagree with that? Uh, and this is, this is the thing a lot of people were complaining, like, there were so many other good games. If you look at what was in the nominated category, it doesn't even matter. There is no other argument. If you just look at the nominated category, Fallout was a mess. Metal Gear Solid was a fun mess. Like, well, like, the last third of the game is also a fucking disaster. It wasn't finished. Yeah, like, like, Mar- like, Witcher is out of the games that were there. There's, I mean, I'm sure. I don't think there's any contest Doctor out of the games. Go on that, like yeah. a 25 minute argument about how Undertale should have won or whatever. But out of the games that were listed, there's no comparison. There is like Witcher was the best of. There's a reason why it's one. It's like cleaned up every award show. It's clearly the best game of the year. Yeah, by far. So. And that's not me being a giant fanboy, which I am. Spoiler. Which you are. I, I, I'm fucking in the game, so shit. Like, I, <laughs> but, but it is. It's a legit, like, it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal game. I can't not say good things about it. If it was shit, trust me, I wouldn't be talking. I'd be like, oh, uh, yeah, no, it, was, it was great. <laughs> like, you know, I wouldn't be as hype as I am for it, but it's a great game. So, Bloodborne, another reasonable nomination. Sure. But the yes. other ones, yeah. I mean, like I said, Metal Gear was a, was a mess. Fallout. Is, it's a mess. I, I I always feel like Bethesda gets way too much of a free pass when it comes they to They really games. fucking me do. Too. It bothers the fuck out of me. And yep. Super yeah. Mario Maker, I, I I mean, it was a really really good game, but a game of the year compared to like that's right. Others? It doesn't belong in the game of the year category. Like, yeah, it's a weird. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that was like oh, we have to represent Nintendo, Nintendo or like that, in that some way. And Nintendo, somehow. like, what else did Nintendo release this year that's like game of the year worthy? And the answer is well, don't think there isn't anything actually. Well, Splatoon, I guess. You could probably make the argument for again. But they- are you that's game of the year? Mm. Yeah. I, don't I don't. I don't think Splatoon's game nah. of the year. No. no. It, 
It was interesting to see the comparison to last year's Game of the Year, where Inquisition won in a category of games that were all better than it. Yeah. <laughs> that was oh it's like, God, oh, the, the game, the game. Oh yeah, sponsored by EA. <laughs> and also, Peter Moore from EA was on the fucking advisory board. And yeah. Dragon Quest Inquisition won over Bayonetta 2, Dark Souls 2, Hearthstone, and Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor. Like, you nah, nah, no way. No way. And that, I think, out of all the things the Game Awards uh, had, when I saw a lot of people complaining and bitching about the Game Awards, a lot of it was, like, anger over the amount of, like, male presence on the, like, the the jury and stuff like that. I mean, I, I, I definitely saw some... I, I, I kind of contributed a little bit to this by saying, I think that if you're going to have a panel especially of that size, then you should attempt to include as many opinions as possible. And that includes also trying to get, um, you know, people for, that represent different groups. I mean, for instance, like a huge amount of that panel was from the US. Mm -hmm. I mean, th there yeah. is some foreign representation, but it's very token. You know, right. there's like, uh, there's bits and pieces from there. Um, and also like only having one woman on the panel did seem to be a bit silly, Certainly. Also, like token black guy. Oh yeah, like it was a very, it was a very white male centric panel of of, of jury, and and I get that, but it's one of those things where if you're going to complain about that, also please complain about the fact that the advisory board was like, hey, yes, we are also sponsoring, but our games are in it. Like, uh, that's equally yes. as awful. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. like both those things are bad. Like if you're going to complain about one, please complain about the other. If you have a voice to be like. Yes, a lot of there are a lot of white males in there. Please be like, also those white males happen to own a bunch of the companies that have. Well, uh, I mean, the thing is, like this year, that's not true though. Like the, last year, the advisory board had people from Ubisoft, Nintendo. I mean, fucking Reggie was on the advisory board for the show, you know. And Nintendo won Developer of the Year. You know, Peter Moore was on the advisory board for the show from EA. Dragon Age Inquisition won Game of the Year. The actual advisory board this time around did not have people from developers on it. Like it didn't. It was. Um, all press outlets, you know, PC Gamer, Polygon, Game Informer, Games Radar. Uh, the advisory I'll... board? Yeah. Not not just the jury, but the advisory board. No, the advisory, advisory board, board, still board had... was Peter Moore, Reggie, What, in 2015? Uh, yeah, oh, shit, yeah. you're right. Yeah, sorry, I'm totally wrong. Ubisoft, yeah. Sean Layden was on it. Yeah, you're right. Rockstar you're absolutely out. right. Yeah, oh, yeah. I am, I'm a complete I'm idiot. I like, apologize. Wait, did I read, like, something totally wrong earlier? <laughs> There's basically three advisory boards. The jury and the advisors are all yep. press guys. And the esports advisory panel was all esports guys, and then the advisors were all from developers. Yes. Yeah. Right. And publishers. How, how are the advisors different from the jury? Who knows? That's a great that's question. Like, like, what do they do that's different? Well, I'm going to assume that the advisory board did not have, hopefully, did not have an influence on the decision of who was nominated and uh, won the awards. Right. Well, I've always it kind of assumed, just by the name advisory board, that it's they suggest things, which is sketchy. Right? Like, hey, be like, here's like, some pretty good games, if I That do we so happen so to make? Yeah. Why so don't you like, consider well, these? Best multiplayer shooting, and Reggie's like, great. Have you heard about Splatoon? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they have a rule, like you can't suggest any games that you develop. I don't know. Like we, we, I would love to know if they had such a guideline or anything. Me too. I, we don't I know a lot about. I would love to know that. I just don't. I don't know what the role of the advisory board is exactly. 
uh, versus the jury. You know, the jury makes perfect sense. I know what that's for. And I know why they have a separate esports panel because it's a very yep. specialist subject. Yep. And honestly, the people they had on that panel, bang on, across the board. I wouldn't disagree with anybody on that panel. Absolutely right. right. Uh, but the the advisor board, uh, definitely a little bit odd. I mean, but, you know, going back to the, the juries and advisors, yeah. I, I know that I think really there was there's also a problem with, I'm pretty sure the people that were asked like the organizations had some say in who they sent so as a result if they sent a bunch of males that's kind of their own fault and that and that's actually what i heard like when that big thing came out and a lot of like there was a lot of up and arm social justice going on uh, a lot of the companies were like look we were told send people and so these is this like who we picked and so you can't like that's not jeff's fault that's that's no he said give me people and they're like all right here you go and if if that's what he genuinely did and just said give me people then that is i don't think it's entirely that he probably did pick some people like he probably picked jeff gersman and all that kind of uh thing but and robert ku from penny arcade but for the most part yeah if they actually told the publication send people and they sent you know a bunch of white american males then that's their fault (laughs) a couple of places did say like they made it a point to send off their female employees instead but was there like, was a, there was still only one female employee on the entire panel. That was Chelsea Stark from Mashable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, there's no I, other females I on that list. There was a second one. I could have sworn there was a second one. Um, unless I'm unless getting, they I mean, change their mind. Or there are some names one. who maybe are female here that I can't tell, like Tal, Woody. I don't know who these people are. I mean, I couldn't tell you. you know, uh, but my, as I say, like that that does definitely seem to be a bit of a self inflicted problem. Yeah, from, from these publications. But I do think, yes, you absolutely should have a, a varied uh, jury because this is not a case of pick the most qualified. You know, this is not the, I know the bullshit that went on with the fucking uh, uh, the, the cabinet in Canada lately where people were up in arms were that it was 50-50, even oh, though yeah. actually the way that the, ca- the cabinet set up there is that it's kind of designed to work that way. Like, you should get the most qualified. Like, I mean, on the basis of what criteria, though, it's, there's not a point system. It's like, well, damn, there was a six-star guy here, but I can only get my five-star um, Kit Fisto because I've got to <laughs> fulfill my Jedi diversity quota. It doesn't work that way, especially in a subjective judging panel. It's always good to have varied opinions. You know, I think there were way too many people from the U.S. here. Like, you've got a bunch of Japanese games and you have one Japanese dude from Famitsu yep. in your entire jury panel. Yeah. And, and then know? there's, and yeah, there's a few bones. There's, one, like, a U.K. guy, a Brazil guy, a German guy. A guy from Spain, a guy from France, a guy from Mexico. There's actually two French guys, Japan. interestingly There's enough. There's two French guys there? Yeah, two French. And two UK. Yeah. And then a guy from Italy and a guy from Canada. A guy. But like, yeah, the vast majority is from the US. And I get it because it's a US award show. So, I mean, you know, I understand sure. that. But with that said, video games have a wide, co- wider influence than just the US. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What? I know. Crazy, right? Yeah, no doubt about that. It's okay, though. They got the Bulgarian representative in for the esports panel, so they're good there. Mr. <laughs> Radoslav Kolev from Gosu Gamers represent Bulgaria. I'm just insulted Jeff didn't ask me to be on the, the, the <laughs> voting panel. Yeah. I just don't get it. I thought I, we connected that one time we were at a, a Square Enix event. <laughs> I, I mean, I do I feel that we, the, jury is a, the jury panel's a little bit sort of behind the time still, uh, especially when they have a category. It's like called... every jury panel, man. Of course. Like, 
is you've got a category called trending gamer, which is clearly like uh, pointing out streamers and YouTubers and like new media, and you don't really have outside of Jeff Gersman, who kind of thinks straddles the line between the two. You don't really have a single example of a new media person on your jury advisor panel. It's all old school websites. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like all right, great. So you know, you're, you're going to get a very specific kind of opinion there. And I think if you want uh, a better jury panel next year, you bring in people from other areas you know you you actually recognize that streaming and youtube is a huge possibly the biggest factor now in game taste making so not having anyone that is involved in that on the panel when you're judging your game of the year awards is probably a bit stupid well i mean they threw a bone to dj wheat so i feel like yeah that's for esports i mean you know they didn't have a choice there they they got the best esports guys in and they're always inherently in streaming and to be honest like esports wise there was only one or two esports categories esports game of the year and esports player of the year which were both fan voted i I mean yeah uh, yeah, there were a few that were there but you're right and those were the categories that they almost were like we're gonna just sort of really quickly brush through these really quickly. So yeah, all right, that's that. There was still a lot of that, and that's that still bothered me. By the way, that a lot of the categories were brushed over. They had a shorter show this time around, and e- the thing is, even in the three-hour show, they brushed over a bunch of awards last time, which I was bothered by because they're like, you know, it makes some awards feel less important than others. By the way, what won esports game of the year? Because when you go to the website, th- was there an nothing- esports? I don't think there was an esports game. Well, of it the says year. oh, game oh, of the there year was. Yeah, okay, yeah. Counter Strike. Uh, which I think is totally fair. Uh, I don't know why Advanced Warfare was on there, but yeah, uh, and Hearthstone's on there, lol. StarCraft isn't even on the fucking esports game of the year. The thing is, it's all, uh, those were fan voted oh. anyway. So, uh, gotcha. yeah, it, I mean, I, I think CSGO has had the most explosive growth this year. I think CSGO is a totally fair choice. It's grown hugely. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It's, but they, they did brush over a lot. And they, again, they wasted a lot of time with pointless music acts. As always, I have no problem with the tribute to, um, uh, to God. Wada. Yeah, thank you. Uh, before I embarrass myself. I was like, the tribute to Shigeru Miyamoto. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I, I'm terrible with names. But yeah, uh, the tribute to Awada was great. It was heartfelt. It was exactly what I think it needed to be. There was a lot of wasted time during the show that could have been spent in different ways. You know, it seemed to me like they didn't cut down the bits that they should have cut down. You know, like getting rid of all the music acts. Do a fucking yeah. award show. Stick to it being an award show. Why waste time with music acts? Do the music at the end. Props to them for coming out and saying, we want you to stream it. We want you to commentate it, though. This yes. Year. Yeah, great decision. Props to them for that. Yeah, I wonder yes. how much uh, Twitch had to do with that because Twitch, E3 also let people do that. And it's, a, it's an interesting emerging idea. And it's something I think that actually came from South Korea. They, they did a lot of that in on a South Korean streaming service called Afrika, where it's like you would kind of commentate. I think they called them, uh, um, I may be completely wrong here, like VJs or something along those lines. And just this idea that you take a kind of clean feed of something and then you kind of talk over it and you add your own spin. I think that was really good. Uh, and I, I watched JP's stream and it was fucking hilarious. I enjoyed the show a lot more as a result of watching JP and the crew talk over it so that was great yeah that's probably the best and smartest thing that they did yeah i i think if if i'm filling up to it next year i'll definitely do that because that would that to me was a lot of fun i did it last I, year yeah uh, cool not i didn't this year because i was busy working on other things but I, I was happy to see an email saying please do yeah 
Yeah, I, I am definitely this coming year going to start my going around to conventions and give awards to people at conventions. Ah, you're going to be that thing. guy? Okay. Yep. And they're going to be all for, like, best jiggle effects and, like, <laughs> easiest <laughs> like e easiest game to beat people who don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I'm gonna, oh, it's going to be great. That's exactly what you want. So, I guess, uh, conclusion on Game Awards. I mean, my opinion on it is, like, I don't think they really improved a lot from last year. I don't think cutting the time down really helped them because they still wasted time in silly areas. Again, I still couldn't tell that it was shorter. Yeah, I couldn't either. It still seemed like yeah. it was dragged out and there was so much time wasted on, like, a bunch of sponsor stuff. And I understand you've got to fund the show somehow, but, you know, I did not need to go back to the AMD Gaming Lounge every five minutes to hear somebody lie about Battlefront. Come on. <laughs> That's silly. <laughs> the music acts were a waste of time. They, again, glossed over a bunch of awards that really should, shouldn't have been glossed over. I think that if you're going to give the same award to people multiple times, you should probably give them one speech and then just kind of move it along. You know, having the her story uh, woman come up repeatedly was kind of a bit weird. It's like uh, you know you're going to gloss over some awards completely, and yet her, the you know uh, the woman from her story gets to yeah. give two speeches. It's a bit strange. Even CD Projekt Red had like two or three. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, the same as CD like, Projekt Red. Give like them the, uh, best role playing game, best developer of the yep. year at the same time, and then save game of the year for the end because you know. Yeah, but they. But, but, but at least CD Projekt was like real quick with what they had to say. They got they were, there and were yes. like, they did not hey, everyone, Paul, and we did it. And they just beat well, out. Great. It's like, yeah. all right, yeah. Uh, but, big shout out goes to the Industry Icon Award. Again, best part of the show like it was last year. The yeah. fucking Westwood Studios. That was so cool. That was great. I'd watch that a whole great. documentary yeah. about like, because it was uh, involved Blizzard and the development of RTS and how like one company was building on what the other was doing. It was so cool. I was um, really impressed with that segment of the show. That was clearly the best bit of the show. Um, yeah, I love the like sort of arms race bit, and it explained a lot about how like amazing those games became so quickly. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that was that was pretty great. What did the rest of you think about it? How would you improve the show, Dodger? How would I improve the show? Yeah, I would get more people involved in the show that the gaming community would actually recognize. Okay. I don't know. So, I mean, you're talking about just chucking out the, the weird presenters that have barely any connection to the games industry, or...? Yeah, make it so that the panels that you put together are people who are actively involved in the industry right now. Make it so that the host is someone that everybody would be like, oh, yeah, they're legit, like, I know them. Like, okay. just, just build overall... Cred. Build cred, for sure. Okay. Yeah, because right now, I don't think... I think, even though we spent in two hours talking about this show... In the end, I think for the most part, people watch that and were like, well, that's a bullshit awards show anyway, right? Like, that's that's <laughs> kind of been how a lot of people feel about this well, awards show over the last couple of years. I, I, I This is one of those things where where being being like uh, the realist that I am, when I, when I look at, like, the things that Jeff had to do in order to get it done, like, it's sad, but, like, all the pandering to EA and all that shit, like, that's how he paid to make it happen. So, like, this yeah. is his passion project, and this is, like, the thing he wants to do. And God bless him for it, because it's cool. I think it's cool. Uh, it sucks that he has to, like, it's very obvious. Like, even he's like, I don't want to sell out this much, but in order to make this fucking show happen, I've do you it. have to see yeah. 90 Go90 videos. Like, Jesus, yeah. It sucks, right. but that's, like, the way it is. And if I had to change anything, I mean, I think it would be first Dodger suggestion, but I also think that keeping it still a high level of professionalism, like, look, as much as I want to see, like, 
like a PewDie or Markiplier host award show. I don't. I want it to be like a real host, a real host, but who's in the gaming industry, well, yeah. who's just a let's player. I wouldn't want um, any of us a here. Michelle to host Morrow anything. would be a fantastic option. Somebody like that. Yeah, I, I mean, there's so many. So I don't know. Fucking Red Eye do it. Red Eye stuck on the esports panel. Red Eye is one of the best hosts in gaming. Period. Like he is a consummate professional who could have nailed that entire show easily. Yeah, there's so many better ways to get. What they went for is they went for like social media people, and that's not necessarily gaming. And it, it's it's like, all right, yeah. these people have a wide social media audience, mm-hmm. but they're not a gaming audience. No one's here to see some of these people because they're cool gamers. I just, yeah, it's one of those things where that's something they could easily change. It's mm-hmm. obvious they're not going to be able to change the amount of ads and shit they're going to be there. Like, it's yeah. just in order to make this happen. He's going to have to sell out a little. That's just the way life is because, really, there's not a big gaming awards here in the, in the States anymore because Spike Spike butchered those. Yeah. And so, yeah, now now we have to, like, he's trying to, like, build it up. And I I respect him for that. I think that's cool. I Yeah. I'm with Dodger, though. In order to make it feasible changes, to make feasible changes, you have to go and get people who are, like, legitimately in the gaming world right now. Like, people who... When people see them, they're like, oh, yes, I'm aware of his or her work on said thing, and they are very entertaining. I'm thrilled to watch them. I What I would do is actually cut the categories in half, and I'd give each category the time it deserves. I would, I would, just, I would slash it, because I would rather have five awards that mean something that are properly explained than ten awards that don't. I mean, even like... Um, but, yes, Dodger. But, like, we even during this show have had a couple of moments where it's like oh well that award was too vague like all of those games shouldn't have been in the independent award that's a fair right like stuff like that it's hard with that said you can explain if you cut it down you can explain why those games like you can do like uh you know how sometimes on the oscars for like movie of the year they give you like a little clip of like the the movie um it could be like best indie game and they show you like people describing the reasons why they voted for like like that's always like, the best part and that's that's the nominees the, that's the weird thing about like having a jury advisor panel and then not having a single one of them speak during the show because what i want to hear about those you know if i saw a game come up there i want to see a couple of these guys from the advisory panel say why they think it should be there that would have given me a lot more context i feel no guys yeah, krender would be terrible krender yeah, would be, krender a would be terrible. i know what the hell you're talking about now that's 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 <laughs> but awful like, but like, Here's examples. Best fan creation, scrap it. Esports team of the year, scrap it. Most anticipated game, scrap it. Esports player of the year, uh, I would say scrap it. It's a gaming trending award gamer, show, not an scrap it. Player. Yeah, I will yeah. say, e-sports- as a recipient of the trending gamer award, get rid of the trending gamer yeah, award. Scrap it. Esports game of the year, sure, you can include that as a game that like had an influence on shit. Um, maybe instead of esports game of the year, just make it best multiplayer, guys. Best multiplayer, like just cram it into I mean, there. there- Thirty is the best multiplayer. Category. No, but that's what I'm you mean like, just like combine them? There. Yeah. Uh, like there's, I mean, games for impact. Get rid of that shit. Like that's. It doesn't I mean, make any. It's a category that it, means nothing. Either one, it doesn't make any sense, or two, it's a little insulting. Either way you go, it doesn't like it. All right, whatever. I'm not sure why that's there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that don't need to to be here. And if yeah, you just cut it down, and then explain things. There's your award show. Just get rid of half the things on here. TP's right. All, all, I'm, saying, all of... I'm saying is fucking Arbitrary Awards last year was 90 minutes long, and I said more about games in 90 minutes than these guys have in six hours total. You know, it, I, I know that, uh, not to blow my own trumpet, but that's a fucking good video, and you should go watch go it. Go 90. 
it's, sponsor TVs. Yeah, I'll go get Go Ninety to ruin it for it. But it it really comes down to like I I want games to be properly celebrated, and I th- and thing is like Jeff wants this as well. I know this because he's told me this. Like we, we've we've had these conversations. Jeff's heart is in the right place. Yep. But he's battling with the realities of what this show ha- like has to be versus what he really wants it to be. And that that's a bit that's a bit un, it's a bit unfortunate, but I just don't feel that any awards really have any meaning unless you give context as to why that game won in the first place outside of the words of the person that receives the award. Because you never get them turn around and say, "Yeah, this is why we won because we were better than you fuckers." Hey, I'd pay to see a show like that. That would be great. Anyone that gets to win gets to rag on their competition. Hell yeah, that would be amazing. But without that context, all of these nominations and all of these awards are utterly meaningless. That is my problem with it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Here's here, here's here's what I will say. We should eventually wrap up here. Yeah, and, yeah, we're we're definitely definitely. Uh, more uh, importantly, everyone's gonna want us to talk about Square Enix. Here's what I'll say: We shouldn't ever talk about them again. They're dead. To me. <laughs> dead to me. I don't ever want to talk about them again. We're moving on. I never want to talk about them again. They they almost had me. They almost had me with Final Fantasy VII, and then they immediately shat in my mouth. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that I'm that done. gameplay trailer where you like, <gasps> and then yeah, and- episodic. Oh, I'm done. I got, no- I got nothing else. To- I- I'm like a disappointed parent. I'm not mad. I just don't care anymore. I just don't care. <laughs> You're gonna make your mistakes, and then one day you'll come back to your mother and say you were right. You were I, right. I don't I'm even have a problem with them making it episodic. I don't even have a problem with that. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. I didn't hate what I saw for the gameplay trailer because I know a lot of people are like, this isn't the original game. Well, it's like, no, no you I can go play the original game. You already have the original game. Yeah. I loved everything I saw. I loved everything I saw on there. It was so cool. I, I'm not a fan of them being like, it's another one of those like, we're going to take something you love. We're gonna fucking milk this shit. I'm pretty sure Tim Schafer helped make that game. Fantasy <laughs> Seven no. by Tim Schafer. No, you see, they're making it episodic so they can have amazing cliffhangers. That way, you don't know what happens. Yeah, that'll, yeah, that'll be yeah, great. Yeah, no one knows what happens in that no game. No one knows what happens. We're gonna change the story. Uh, I, I mean, I genuinely think that they they can't win with Final Fantasy Seven. Anything <laughs> they do is gonna piss off a bunch of people. Like people, yep. like, oh, I just want you to remake Final Fantasy Seven with like better graphics. Like, well, if you want that, just play it on PC and download some mods, because that's what that game is. And then there were people who were like, no, Final Fantasy VII had some problems. You know, I want them to change the battle system. I want them to maybe make some additions and changes to the story. Like, do, do, what, what do people want? Everyone has a different opinion of what they want out of a remake of Final Fantasy VII. Do they want a remaster? Do they want a remake? Do they want something that's changed? I don't fucking know. They, all, they shouldn't. They, they shouldn't have done it. Like, as a person who loves Final Fantasy games and would love to see a new Final Fantasy VII, the concept, the brain idea of what a Final Fantasy VII could be is better than the reality of what it will be. Every right. time. Probably, Every yeah. Every time. Yeah. But you could pay nine ninety nine to keep Eris alive. <laughs> oh they will do that. I hope you understand that. <laughs> They'll be like, just remove the cutscene. It's this like she just went on vacation. Yeah, they did load Rise back. of the Tomb Raider, a single player game with microtransactions. So yeah, I I would not put that past them at all. Oh dear, I I don't know. I'll play it when it comes out. I have no investment in Final Fantasy VII, so I feel like I'm the best person in this situation because I don't care if they fuck it up. <laughs> I don't care. Wow. Oh. I'm actually I'm actually in the mindset that I didn't like Final Fantasy VII all that much. 
I don't hate the game by any means, but it's also not my favorite Final Fantasy. But the way the new one looks actually looks pretty cool, and I'm into that. We'll see. Episodic, uh, you know. All you, need to, all you need to know is that Final Fantasy VI is now on Steam. That's all you guys need it's to know. It's the worst version of Steam of uh, Final Fantasy VI, though. It is. Like, yeah. It's horrible. Just, it's just so but, bad. They but consistently there, fuck so up their good. Steam releases. Like, that is my favorite Final Fantasy game. Like, you don't fuck with that one. That's why Jared's awesome. That's why you guys, if you're not yeah. subscribed, you should be already, because he's clearly one of the best people in the world for agreeing Thanks. that Final Fantasy VI is the best game there ever was. It, it is no. the best. It is. Okay. All right. Uh, let's wrap up the show very quickly right. with the few new releases that there are. There are actually very, very few this week, so I'm, uh, and I haven't actually posted them to Dodger at all. I was going to say, I don't need... They're right there. There you go. There's we'll a, a game. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going up until the 14th, it looks like. Yep, not too many games. So, all right, guys. Today, the 8th, we have Spacuino back to the USSR 2.0. <laughs> I don't even know what this is. Oh, like, it finally got updated. 2.0, finally. It's a, oh, Rus- it's a Russian visual novel is what it is. Oh, all right. Oh, shit, it totally is. And weirdly enough, it's actually now been delayed for another three weeks, so that's not even relevant. Next. Oh, man, boo. Earth Defense Force 4.1, The Shadow of New Despair for PS4. Please don't suck. Please Please don't don't suck. suck. I love the Earth Defense Force series. They're hilarious. Oh, they they just put a review out. What did it get? Oh, they gave it Nate. It might not be bad. (laughs) Your poor heart. I hope. I hope. Oh, it's it's 60 FPS. Oh, it's mine. Game of the Year. There we go. I'm I love fu- how that's the first thing you looked up. Oh, hey, what if you play EDF games, you know the pain. EDF yeah. games run terribly. Like to be the, fair, he's got a point, yeah. The frame rate on those games is fucking awful. I, I got the Vita version. It was like a fucking PowerPoint presentation. No, 1080p60 enhanced version of Earth Defense Force 2025, which was like the best one anyway. I'm so excited. Is it out oh, yet? Now. Can I buy it now? Is it out yet? It yeah, is. It's out today. Yay. Cool. Next. Well, you can also buy Earth Defense Force 2 Invaders from Planet Space for your Vita. No, because you, the Vita version will suck. Duck. The Vita version will suck. Lucky duck. It'll run badly. Don't do it. Buy, buy the PS4 version. It'll run properly. I don't care how good a, a title that is, Invaders from Planet Space. That is the best title, but I don't care. It'll suck. Don't buy it on Vita, please. Perfect. Moving Next. on to tomorrow, December 9th, we've got Vehicle Simulator. Yeah. You you fucks. All right, here's the description to this game, and I am deadly serious. I hope it's a goof, please. We interrupt this description to bring a message from an avid co-optional podcast viewer. Hey guys, don't worry, this isn't one of those simulator games. This game actually has proper simulation of boats and planes. Happy Hanukkah from Israel. Love the show. Aww. (laughs) That's adorable. <laughs> I think we can we can shut the show down now. We don't. We've accomplished everything we set out to do here. I mean, what else is Get there it. to do? <laughs> like, Look, if you don't buy this game now, this game came out I in two thousand and nine. <laughs> these guys, these guys have literally have literally played. They Game of Thrones us right now. They literally <laughs> they game they Red Wedding this shit. We are we all. I was shot with like fifteen arrows. Dodger oh had her slow her, her, her throat, throat, throat slit. TB got stabbed. His his baby is dead now. Pro Jared <laughs> is walking off. He's walking off because he gets to live. He gets to live yes. to tell the tale. No, he kidnaps Arya Stark. Jared kidnaps Arya Stark and gets her out of there. 
Yeah, okay. This is you. We just got Game of Thrones. Uh, Hardcore. I clever I'm, girl. I'm buying the game. I'm buying the game just to say that I own it. Clever they want, fucking they girl. Want. Oh my god. Uh, I, I mean, oh, I mean, you can't really follow that, can you? That's no. Some other games are coming out, so I don't know. Look up your own list. I'm not looking at your game. It's from <laughs> six it. years ago. I'm not. Just not. Looking. I'm not. Let, I'm not looking at it. You got all. You you played us well. You played us like a damn fiddle. Did I'm I'm closing I'm closing the release list. There's no point. <laughs> they they won. Yeah, they Holy just they just shit. won. Uh, the next game isn't even fucking out yet, which is a shame actually, because it's called Slain. It's a heavy metal inspired combat puzzle game, which sounds like fun, but that's not actually out until January 27th. So I don't even know why it's on this list. Uh, next, that high school possession, because that one sounds. I'm sure that is a, a very uh, family-friendly an game. game. Yeah, it is unsurprisingly it. animu bullshit. Yep. Great. Uh, yep. What about Red Game Without a Great Name? Oh, I heard about that. That was on uh, mobile for a while, wasn't it? Uh, Red Game Without a Great Name. It's a 2D arcade game where you play a mechanical bird in a hostile steampunk world. Oh, oh shit. that's yep. cool. How about Loco Ball? Uh, it's a crazy, fun, physics-based soccer game, as opposed to other soccer games that aren't physics-based, apparently. <laughs> no physics in football, guys. None at all. Nope, none at all. All right, moving Looks on to awful. December 10th, we've got the PewDiePie game, Legend of yep. the Brofist. Which, which is apparently not awful, I'm told. I've heard, I've heard it's not awful. It's yeah. really fun. I yeah. think it's really fun. I'll, I'll, look at, I'll have a look at that eventually. Yeah, support now, him. He needs it, guys. He's yeah, he really needs the money. Needs <laughs> all of your money. Yeah. Next. Uh, next up is called Rhythmic Ultimate. Which is not even a game, it's a synthesizer. Next. Um, apparently a port of Lightning Returns. Oh, thank God, yeah, get, finally. Get it out of there. Get it out of yep. there, no one it's cares. Done. Next. Next. On. Freeze on. me! All one word. 3D platform in the style of the 90s era, yay. Uh, Great. Uh, yeah. Total War Attila. Didn't that's that already, already out. out. Am I wrong? That's already out, don't know why it's on the yeah. list. Next. Pale Echoes. An RPG of exploration, critical thinking, and obviously RPG Maker is what that is. Next. This next one is called Cosplay Maker, and I'm frantically searching for it. Cosplay Maker. A cosplay management and dating sim. There's your next video series, Dodger. Jesus Christ. Somebody call Cinnamon Toast Ken, because you know he's going to play this game. Yep. Like, this is a Ken game. Holy crap. Oh my god. All right, next up is Crossbow Warrior Legend of William Tell. Uh, it is an exciting uh, platformer with arrows. I was going to guess a hidden object game. No. I don't, I mean that's uh, that was actually, that would have been a good guess I think actually. But. Uh we've got uh Port of Among the Sleep. Yeah. Got uh Steam World Heist. Ah yes, the next is. one of the Steam World Dig series which was actually pretty fun. That's for 3DS. Uh, next up is the game that TB has Yay! been to buy for days. Don't Guilty fuck Gear. it up. Third Guilty Sign. Gear X Third Sign is coming to PC. It's a little late considering Revelator's coming out quite soon, but I'll take it. Guilty Gear X Third is awesome, and hopefully the port will not suck. And if it doesn't suck, I will tell you and you should play that game. Uh, next up is Emily Wants to Play. Fuck that. That looks creepy as shit. No Survival way. Survival horror in a house. Yep. Oh, great. Nope, bug what about, that. What about Rubled? Is this Russian? Yeah. You Russian sure. moneyed? It, 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 it's an edit. It's a money. mod for Rust. Next. Oh. Uh, next up is Devillian. Uh, it is a free-to-play 
MMO action RPG thing. Cool. On the 11th, we've got Era, the fantasy settlement sim. Ooh. Is it, hopefully that doesn't suck. And it's an early access. God damn it. Son of a bitch. Yep. Next. Uh, we've got Stories of Betham, Full Moon. Stories of... Old school RPG, it looks like. Mm. Cool. Next up is called Dragon's Wake. Was that the... 2D platformer. platformer one? Yeah. Yep, 2D platformer. Next. Cool. Next is Devil's Third for Wii U. Oh, Sweet. God, I can't wait. Apparently <laughs> terrible. Absolutely oh awful. So I'm, Dude, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm going to play it so much. It's garbage. <laughs> I'm so excited. It looks so bad. I'm in. I'm in. Yes. Uh, absolutely. I'm so in. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, next. Uh, yes. How about the glow? Uh, kind of roguelike elements in a survival game. Next. Great. Uh, Stone Tales. Stone Tales is not loading. Action platformer featuring the adventures of two brothers on their quest to be the greatest warriors their tribe has ever seen. Uh, interesting kind of aesthetic where I can't tell what the fuck's going on. Looks like it's actually like based on cave paintings. Yeah, based on true cave paintings. Huh, there huh. you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Oh Hi RPGI. That it's, is a terrible name. Oh, RPG. Those are exclamation points. Oh. I looked this up. Oh. RPG. Uh, it's basically an RPG where what happens when the heroes lose? <laughs> okay. Oh, RPG. Oh, RPG. Oh, RPG. Huh. And then on the 14th, we've got Quantum Lock. Not Quantum Break. Don't get it mixed no. up for that. Quantum Lock. Yeah, I'm anticipating Quantum Break. Uh, it's a multiplayer freeze tag Super game that's in early access. And finally, Balram. Balram. Balram is an old school hybrid turn-based open world RPG with deep tactical combat, so they claim. There you go. Balram. Right. That's it. We're done. We have overrun quite enough. Thank you very much for this particular show. What's coming up on your channel this week, Pro Jared? All kinds of D&D uh, December videos. I just put up my first D&D December tale today where I recount one of my many... Amazing stories from my years of playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, today's episode is about a fighter who has a ballista shoot at him, and he chooses to catch it. Very cool, Jesse. What's going on with the channel this week? <laughs> uh, you know, it's the same old fun that is happening. I'm trying to finish up three Let's Play series that have taken literally a year. Hopefully, by the end of December, we can do it, guys. We Woo, can do I it. Dodge, what's going on with the channel this week? Um, hold on, I need to refresh this really quick just to make sure. Okay. Guys, I am so close to 700,000 subscribers. Like, I'm at 699,987 subscribers. So if you think I'm even remotely funny, please. She sub. isn't at all. I would love Hold to on. hit 700,000 today. That I'm, would be amazing gonna, look, on YouTube. If you're going to subscribe for remotely funny, go to youtube.com slash Cox. <laughs> I am barely funny. That is... <laughs> Get on that if that's if that's your standard of subscription, jump on that bandwagon over here too. I'll take if you your want subs. occasionally funny. <laughs> you, you know where to John find that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I uh, okay. I don't know. Okay. I play visual novels, dating sims, point and clicks. Jesse and I might play a weird murder game. Uh, and I do a weekly show about the games industry. I would love for you to check it out. Talk about anime, weeb shit. Just the whole nine yards of trash. And on social media, I'm at Dexbonus, D-E-X-B-O-N-U-S. Come hang out. 
be my friend. Subscribe cool. to me. That about wraps us up for this uh, ever-lengthy show. Join us next week when we'll probably start talking about our Game of the Year bullshit. Oh, I just hey! hit it! Fuck yes! <laughs> Quick, unsub from her immediately. Unsubbing! You've been watching the Crossroad oh, Podcast. Right Bye! Now. Goodbye!